0: Okay, so I am uh, in this fantasy football league that I just joined a couple years ago. No money, um, but you play for a big ass trophy. And, like they put, like they engrave and put your name on it. Wait, is this American
1: football? American football. Are yeah. we allowed to talk about on, this? On, I'm just, i the only
0: reason I'm talking about it is because I haven't, I haven't looked at my roster in like twelve weeks, and I'm in the finals playing my buddy and gonna win. Like I'm ninety nine percent to win. Like he's got one last guy. He needs like twenty five points from him. And like, there's like two minutes left in the in the fourth quarter as we record right now. Okay, I fi- I finished in six. Of, it says eighteen league. It's two quarterbacks plus you can have a quarterback wide receiver or tight end for like a flex spot. I my quarterbacks are Gardner Minshew and Derek Carr, and I picked up. Um, so
2: you suck shit at
1: drafting.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I, I they always do the draft when I can't actually be at the draft, and so like. The quarterbacks are not not ranked properly because like I always get so I have I have Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley on my team, but I have shit ass quarterbacks. I have Matthew Matthew Stafford, who's still on my roster even though he's on the IR. Um, I picked up uh, Duck, the Pittsburgh quarterback, who started him because he got me negative three points. I'm gonna win. So like either so yes, I, I suck at so, drafting because I ne- I'm never I'm never at the draft because I always schedule it like when I'm traveling or whatever. So all drafts. Autographs- the problem is is like all these guys suck at fantasy football because. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what obviously,
2: I, what I'm hearing is we're going to expand this to a 12-team league next year. About a 200, maybe 300-dollar buy-in, <laughs> and uh, MJ and I will jump
0: right, in. Right, right. Yeah, we'll jump in. Well, I'm just really excited to have this gigantic fucking trophy uh, that's got my name my name on it, and uh, I should be able to like put it in my house somewhere. That's what I'm excited for. So
1: wow, I, I mean, I, Liverpool wins a trophy too. Liverpool won a trophy too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sound, sound, sound good to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh, yeah.
0: Cool. Live from the Black Tribe of St. Paul. We are the names you know this. This
2: is the names I know. I ain't going
1: this. I gotta help you. Listen, yeah,
2: You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but
1: we. Oh no, I can't do nothing at all. Oh,
0: yeah, come uh, yeah. on, uh, you say, there's no use. All right, welcome in back. The new iteration of the Dave's I Know podcast. We have, as always, MJ and Dan. How's it going, guys? Holiday rific. Holiday holiday rific.
2: Yeah, pretty pretty damn good. Uh, got all the Christmas shopping done not even the day before christmas which i feel like i deserve a trophy like maybe your large-ass fantasy football trophy <laughs> for
0: nice yeah i have a couple we have a very small things to get um and i'm working actually for a buddy of mine out in prairie at his retail store from like 10 to 8 tomorrow so um standing and helping people buy like vikings jerseys and shit are you um, planning
2: to wear kevlar or like are you just gonna <laughs> put your life in your hands and just assume I, you're gonna be fine? i helped him
0: out last year it's the fan hq i don't know if you're familiar with them at all um my buddy, he works – he, like, manages the E. Prairie store, and I was – I'm uh, obviously, as you guys both know, unemployed now, so I'm like nope, – they pay me uh, – don't tell the IRS, but they just pay me straight cash, so. the ran, It's
2: the Randy Moss special, man. Yeah, St- exactly. Straight cash, homie. Straight
0: cash. Like, I'll take 150 bucks, Uh, you know, uh, with no, no – uh, That's two days work. No strings attached. Um, so, yeah, just, we just have a couple things. Uh, You guys going out of town for the holidays, or – I am. I'm doing this because I want to see if anybody wants to rob our houses. I mean, I'm going to be here, so you well, can't run my I house. Well, I'm able to offer to cat sit for you, <laughs> but did get I, a new cat this uh, this week too.
1: See, see, this is these are skills that I have, but uh, I have to go up to Grantsburg, Wisconsin, which is for those that don't know about forty miles north of uh, St. Croix Falls, and uh, so I will be up there. Cool town of two thousand. Yeah, but they they have a
0: they have a brewery. There you go. That's all that matters.
1: It's true. I mean, at this point, if you have a brewery, you're a real town. If you don't, you're not. And it's, it's pretty much that binary. Yeah. Like, uh, when Yeah, go so ahead. At least on the MJ scale of real towns or not real towns, that's the deciding
2: factor. Yeah, that's entirely reasonable. No, having completely not learned my lesson at Thanksgiving, uh, the wife and I are cramming three Christmases into <laughs> one day. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm not cooking this year, yeah. which is so okay. we did we did two, and then I cooked Christmas dinner last year. Which oh wow, was just like a little bit much. Yeah,
0: as soon as you have a kid, you will realize you don't do you don't do multiple Christmases or multiple Thanksgivings anymore. People people
1: come
2: to you, <laughs> so and that's uh, we you know it's a pretty it's a good reason to have a kid. We've been talking back and forth. <laughs> There's like, only we, one reason to have a kid. We, you know, center. do we want one? I mean, it's you know it's not the only reason, but we're talking about a fifty-one forty-nine decision at this point. And <laughs> yeah, like not having to do three Christmases or or Thanksgivings in one day. That may be the deciding factor. That's fair. That's fair. That in an Oregon farm.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Oregon. Oregon farm. So, yeah. So, if you like the content you hear each week, if you think you've learned a little bit more about a Beloved United or more about us, uh, our soccer in general, if you want to enjoy the continue to enjoy the high-quality content and audio we produce on each and every podcast, um, consider supporting us on our Patreon. Uh, every dollar helps. Um, patreon.com backslash the as I know. And I'm, I just want to point out, I'm actually chatting with the Hop Clouds about uh, potentially – I'd like to like, do a little more uh, – get a little more engaged with the um, – with the Patreon, and maybe even have tiers where uh, we'll be able, to get, like you'll be able to get a, a beer from the Hop Clouds as part of your Patreon uh, subscription. So, so stay in touch. Stay in touch with that. We'll let you know as we sort of go through things. And um, yeah, I I've, I've really, I've been wanting to be a little more engaged there. Everybody who gives us like two sixty nine a month or three sixty nine a month or whatever, it's it's great. And but we need to get to, I need to get on, give them a little more content. So uh, Patreon, Patreon dot com backslash the daves would help support the daves that you know. Um, all right, so the, the biggest reason we decided to, to record a podcast right before uh, Christmas was uh, MLS uh, dropped their schedule um, somewhat randomly uh, in the middle of uh, in the middle of the week last week when um, they've never dropped a schedule this early.
2: I think it's a I think it's a testament to MLS finally starting to realize that they maybe shouldn't jerk their fans around quite as much <laughs> as they do, and
0: that people want to travel to watch matches
2: and they want to be able to like you know plan vacations and shit like that i think it's it's legitimately amazing to don garber both a that anyone would want to go to another place to see the mls product and B that those people don't have a private jet i think that's
1: completely
2: <laughs> just far into him and it took this long for his assistants to be like yeah commercial airlines you know the the commercials that you see you know delta and american but it finally and don garber finally fucking got it and uh we, we have a
1: schedule that's early enough to plan your year around. Yeah. Don't have nice. to rely on, on that uh, charter or your private helicopter. <laughs> you know, this is...
0: A- I mean, I, I use a yacht when I go to, uh, which is really hard because it really means I can only go to, like, Chicago <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know... St. Uh, Louis is coming soon. St. Louis St. is coming soon. I can go down yeah, the Mississippi. The, the yeah. Mississippi, yeah. yeah. Um, really looking forward to that team in New Orleans so I can uh, take the riverboat down to New Orleans.
2: Honestly, can you imagine a, like dark clouds sponsored by the daves i know just party yacht straight down the <laughs> mississippi that would be i would take a month off work to make that, that would happen that would be the one of the coolest things and that anyone would be ever that would
0: be fucking tits is what that would be we you, would we would get oh we would get so uh high and drunk it would be amazing
2: Absolutely there would amazing. be there would be so many federal agents waiting for us at the port of New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. It would be considered a de facto government shutdown because so much staff had to be yeah. flown it, into New isn't Orleans. Isn't the Mississippi? And it te- would still be worth the jail time. Isn't the Mississippi time. technically international waters? <laughs> it is
0: not. It is not. Damn all, it. The,
1: all the stopovers that we'd have to do to get more beer on that yacht ride.
0: Uh maybe we'll see. Um, all right. So uh, for first off, before we start talking about um, Minnesota United and. Kind of what the schedule I mean obviously sort of spoiler they're like actually the schedule is pretty so pretty goddamn well from Minnesota um, But we did want to talk a little bit about some of the interesting hype videos that the teams released um, Atlanta just brought the fire with their with their hype video the like old-school like Nintendo 8-bit um, Almost like blades of steel esque. Uh, choose your opponent and then they had the like between it was quite cross between like blades of steel and like um the Mike Tyson Punch Out kind of thing, and it just it was really cool. Old you, school video games. Yeah, if you didn't get a chance to check out the Atlanta United uh, hype video for their schedule, uh, please do. They have some really sick burns in that one. So,
1: I really enjoyed the New York Red Bulls one. Uh, they did a a spoof on the banana duct tape to the wall mm. art art that sold for many dollars. Hundred,
0: hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hundred
1: twenty, hundred and fifty thousand dollars, whatever it was. And so, <coughs> but it, what was great about it was it was all on one shot so that's great so it was like this conveyor belt like at, like at a grocery store with items that you would buy at the dollar store at the grocery store with things that would you know for the Orlando city it was like a plastic toy lion you know and and for Cincinnati it was uh Sp- a box of spaghetti And then on top of that A can of chili duct tape together <laughs> you know, That's fantastic And they just had that And then they did an emoji version as well So so they had an emoji version That kind of sucks you in And then that had the link to the video okay.
2: You know. okay For those of you who didn't see it Minnesota United chose the uh, Spotify playlist Saw a lot of negative remarks on it I gotta tell you I kind of dig it I thought it was creative Yeah but, uh, You know From a social standpoint Like this is such a fascinating exercise because everybody's got to do it. Yeah, it's it's every team is gonna do it, and they're gonna put their own spin on it. So the one yeah. thing I do love about this is for you know some of them hit, some of them miss, and that's a personal preference yeah. thing. no, they're yeah. all super fucking creative, that's, right? That's like,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. When I, I mean, when, I, I, when I'm in the notes, I have Minnesota United was a thing. I mean, I I, I get it. I, I didn't I didn't like hate it. Like I, I actively hated the say shoot campaign. Um, I actively hated that. Um, I didn't actively hate this. It was you know, and there is so much. There's only so much um and you cuz you are 100% absolutely right. Like people we do need to, they do need to do something. It can't be they can't be the one team that just puts out this I mean maybe it's just like the one team this that just unique? puts out the link like here's the here's the link to the schedule
2: Look <laughs> fun. the teams we're playing this year? <laughs> so, um I dig it. Like honestly, yeah. I thought the Spotify playlist was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
0: like, kudos on them to, for doing something, you know, like and, and put it out there. Um so, yeah, anyways. And then uh, finally um uh, DC United did clips from the office. A- MJ, you had some thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it was just really hilarious. There was the, the Montreal one was really sexist because the office has a lot of sexist humor in it. Yeah. But the Orlando one was really great.
0: Wasn't the Cincinnati one like uh, Kevin spilling the chili all over the office? <laughs> yeah. I think it was like, yeah, FC <laughs> yeah, yeah, <SC> yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. So they basically they took clips from the office and they superimposed um, either the DC United logo and then like the other team's logo. And then the one uh, is from the, uh, I can't remember what episode it was from, but where Kevin. Uh, gets in super early and just spills an entire pot of chili into, into the office. Right. And it's like it's Kevin's body and then the uh, FC Cincinnati logo and just like Jim dropping the chili. So um, basically, I mean, on a, like long story short, like good job on like these MLS marketing teams for like coming up with something interesting. Um, clearly, they, they, they had this. They knew that this was happening. Um, we, I kind of originally joked that, you know, they think, you know, ESPN like published it. So the teams had to react. But you don't. You can't react to something like that quickly. Like, you know that was dropping in on this particular day in, in December, so they definitely got a heads up.
2: Teams yeah. really put the effort into it as they needed to to make it look legit. I think the other thing this reflects, honestly, is for so long for so long MLS felt just like a little generic. And I mean we've heard this criticism, particularly around naming mm-hmm. that you know, you have, you don't have a cool Miami name, you have inter Miami trying to be inter Milan. We really are starting to see these franchises take on characteristics that are unique to themselves, and and that makes it possible to riff on them, to needle your opponents, yeah. do this, that, and the other. You know, it, if everyone was as generic as they were in the early 2000s, DC United literally can't do the office thing because yeah. there's not enough jokes to make. Yeah. Like... Everybody makes a Cincinnati Chili joke because that's the most generic-ass franchise in the league right now, (laughs) and everyone else has at least something about them that you can rip on and make fun of. Yeah, and Cincinnati
0: Chili is uh, terrible, so...
2: I mean, this entire state of Ohio should be blighted from the (laughs) earth, but particularly Cincinnati, particularly because of their goddamn abomination of, quote, (laughs) Chili.
0: So... So this is, this is great. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Dan. It's hundred percent. Like I'm glad that teams are taking chances and they're trying to do stuff. Um, I just remember like when, uh, when uh, hockey Twitter like took off like three years ago when like the Kings were going after teams and like now it's like, all, like now these, like these teams have like these social marks like social media teams that are, uh, that are actually like not afraid to like try something and, and say some, you know, say some shit that might be, you know, it might be a little bit, uh, a little bit on, on the, on the ledge. But more power to them. Like I, I, I'd much rather have that than just some generic ass uh, social media uh, marketing team.
1: It gives us something to talk about. It gives yeah. us a, a podcast.
0: Gives us content. So Con- like, content is king.
1: Mid
2: 2010s, I had a gig doing social media consulting, and I ended up working for no team you've ever heard of. A couple of NHL teams, one NFL team, whatever. And the lines of like what you couldn't say were so redlined. Like oh my gosh, like we don't want any team to think that we're like trying to to be mean to them or anything yeah. like that and now here like five six years later it's like hey we can't say the f word but yo you can get really close to that line if you want to tell la galaxy you think all of their players are going to go to prison for tax evasion later you just got to be a little vague about it and i am definitely here for that shift yeah
0: um you know lafc they get real they get real uh saucy when you uh, call them uh Chiefess usa um, just FYI, uh, in, in the tweet, in the tweets.
1: Or Chivas
0: 2.0. Chivas 2.0, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota United schedule, and let's we're gonna talk. We're gonna start um, with uh, the TV games. Um, so we are on national TV six or seven times, depending on who you ask. Um, I thought thaw- I saw six. Uh, I Jeff saw seven. R- Jeff Ruder says seven. Jeff, but Jeff Ruder also said that a game, all the all but two games are gonna be on FS1, and when you look at the at the Minnesota United uh, schedule on their. Um, uh, on their website, they have a game on ESPN. Um, and ABC. Uh, no, they have, but the, the, yeah, I know the, the, the LAFC game is on ESPN. They have an Atlanta game on ABC, but then they also have a, this random FC Dallas game on a Saturday on ESPN, which seems weird, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but for sure that we know of, the season opener at Portland um, in the afternoon, the home opener against the Red Bulls here uh, in the evening uh, on May 31st, which is actually my birthday. Y'all can get me presents then. At LA Galaxy, I'm hoping hoping to be at that game. Um, like I said, the, the team has the, the 20th against Dow at Dallas on ESPN. Um, 7-12 against LAFC here on ESPN uh, on the 9th of August uh, against Atlanta. That's on the big boy, ABC, the big network um, in the afternoon. Um, and then on the 16th versus Seattle, um, uh, an FS1 game. Um, four of the six of those games are at home. So it's clearly the, uh, the networks love showing Allianz and love showing you know the, the fans and the work that you know everybody in the supporters groups have put into like creating a really awesome atmosphere as well as the team to creating a really cool stave and a really cool atmosphere um, I say obviously on Sundays because um, that is when uh, the, the the network contracts are with FS with uh, Fox Sports and with ESPN which seems weird why there, there was a random Saturday game that is apparently on ESPN according to uh, according to the team's website so I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on any of those particular any particular of those um, TV games that you're really looking forward to?
1: We opened at Portland last year, correct?
0: Two years ago, uh, first year.
1: First year. Okay. First year. Yeah, oh, yeah, last
0: year they were. Um, last year they were on the road for like the first twelve games, um, and then yeah, I can't remember who we opened with. But yeah, the our the very first match in MLS was against Portland on the road.
2: Yeah, Montreal Open, opened opened in Montreal last year, and then to San Jose. It was one of the Canadian teams, and then San Jose was two.
0: Oh, uh, it's Vancouver. They're all the same to me. Yes. Canadians all look the same to me. Man- Vancouver and Montreal are very, very different places, Dan. <laughs> let's, let's not anger the Mon- Which one of them speaks let's, French? Let's not let's not anger the, <laughs> let's not anger the French speaking uh, Montreal uh, Canadians. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, season opener again uh, at Portland. That's was the, we we the site of our five one drubbing with that uh, awesome Christian Ramirez goal. Um, I remember watching that match at the Nomad. There's like probably like three hundred plus people in there. We we're definitely above. Uh, Way over fire code. Um, it was packed for that season opener, and then um, the uh, the crowds d- uh, dwindled very, very quickly <laughs>
2: after that. It was a bit like a wake. Like, <laughs> people were there. They were super excited. They were there for a soccer game for the first, like, 26 minutes. Let's get drunk! Yeah. And then, yeah, from about 27 on, it was, yeah. uh, let's see how fast they can serve us pints. Uh mm-hmm. it- I think we were over fire code both in the main room and upstairs. Yes. Oh, 100%. Let, let alone combined.
0: Yeah, although well, upstairs is definitely like not up to code, period. Period. For, yeah, that, that for, should for, not be. For serving as a bar, yeah. But anyway. Human people should not be allowed up there. Yeah. Yep. Is there any, so are there any particular games that you guys are interested in in terms of the, the national TV schedule?
1: I was really excited to, to possibly try to do a road trip to Dallas this year. But okay. I'm not going to go to Dallas in, the, in, in, in June. In June? Yeah, no, we're not doing that.
0: Um, one of the other games I'm really excited about. We'll talk about the. We'll actually, we'll actually go through all the games here in a, in a in a few minutes. But one of the games I'm really excited about. I'm trying to get to it'd be DC United, um, but again, it's DC. It's a, It's June 27th. Um, I can't really imagine being in that swamp town uh, at the end of June. Um, like, my just my like my entire ass will just be like just a ball of sweat um i mean dc itself is a swamp so basically is, you're yeah. just
2: becoming one with the city itself. yes
0: yeah i've i've been in dc in the middle of summer and yeah I've, i i just my pants are just in, like eternally wet like even like when they've been out uh like at, overnight just like sitting uh you know drying off like i just i put them on and, like they're it's a hot and humid place. it is very hot and very humid
2: so um yeah We'll get into this a little bit more later when we go through the full schedule, but that 7-12 game against LAFC could be one of the most important games uh, of the season, and it's on ESPN. It's one of those games that, look, win at home, draw on the road is kind of the mantra. This is a really, really tough game. Yep. It's on national TV. If Minnesota United can show up, play their football, and beat LAFC at on home. their home ground— on national TV, I think it does serve as notice mm-hmm. for for what the ambitions of this team are vis-a-vis the playoffs.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll talk about when we go through the schedule. But, like, that is that is going to be a very tough game. And, and we don't have a ton of – we don't have a very – there's not a lot of, like, tough stretches where we have more than two, maybe three games with, like, potential or should be playoff teams. Um, that stretch is one. And then there's a, Atlanta-Seattle stretch is another one where it's going to be very tough. So – um, a couple other of other notes, uh, the pride match uh, for all those keeping track at home will be uh, the 13th of June uh, against Nashville. Um, they will be, that'll be the first, uh, I believe they'll be the first match against Nashville this year. Um, and then, yeah, then uh, we have an international friendly that was scheduled that was also announced right after the, uh, well, when they announced it, they, they just had a, you know, May 27th international friendly. Um, then they announced it later in the day that we are going to be playing FC Augsburg on Wednesday the 27th. Um, so, yeah,
1: that's a, that's a thing. Why are they calling it international friendly if we're just playing a local Minneapolis college?
0: You know, that's a good question, MJ. Um, probably because they're out of session at that point, would be my guess. Like They're, they're done with finals, so...
1: Is it because all the soccer students at... Oxburg College are from out of the. They're United probably from not yeah not the not are the United they all States from outside the United States. It could be. I don't know. Yeah, that seems
2: entirely reasonable to assume. Yeah, so, yeah. So
1: because the players, our opponents, are international. It's an international friendly.
0: That is as good a guess as I got. I mean, okay. I don't know. Else, I don't know else why we would play uh, Augsburg. Yeah, so. honest
2: to God, that's a better explanation for playing Augsburg than any actual reason for playing FC Augsburg. Like, yes, it's a Bundesliga team. This feels like something that uh, FC Madison should get really excited about. In fact, Oxford <coughs> is playing FC Madison. That game will be a, a yep. lot of fun for Madison. This is uh, not FC Madison <laughs> for Madison FC. My bad. Uh, I, like think about the last friendly at Nessie. It was Bournemouth, and it seems like we've taken steps back every year since. Yeah. You know, we went. From uh, Johan Venegas' team to Hertha Berlin. That game was fun, although that game was crap test. Yeah. And now FC Augsburg.
0: I'm just going to put it out there, reckless speculation. Uh, It's hashtag uh, Finn BoganWatch. I like it. So,
2: yeah. Minnesota United, we have seen this happen before. Using friendlies as leverage for deals, so I think we should all we should all take a third each yes. of the uh, the Find FC Augsburg yeah. Uh, well, of the FC uh, Augsburg roster, <laughs> and just get really super familiar with it. And then uh, when this deal finally gets yeah. done, we can come back on the podcast yeah. and tell exactly who this player. Yeah, is. Yeah, they got a
0: 22 year old kid. I was just I literally was just looking up their roster today because I, I can't remember the name of the kid, but they have a 22 year old kid who's got like four goals and like three assists. Uh, he's a forward, so you know. Maybe and If they have
1: someone like that There's probably other people We should scout too
0: Yeah for sure um, So a couple of uh, Just sort of regular Just weird um, I was just I had a lot of time So I was opened the bar This morning at uh, Blackheart And for the first The Man United Waffle match Literally nobody came in So I just got kind of like Dove into the schedule um, They
2: didn't miss much
0: Yeah um, Five midweek matches uh, Only two of those are at home so 15 of our 17 matches are on the weekends, which is great. Um, we have nine Sunday matches, five at home. So it means 10 of our matches, 10 of our 17 matches are on uh, Saturdays, which is great. I um, feel like we didn't have as many of those last year. I feel like we were kind of bouncing all over the place. Um, another big note: no, no matches during international breaks for the first time, and I think forever of me following this club. Hallelujah. We're not playing during a fucking international break, um, which is great. That's and. The fact that we're able, like, this shows that MLS can do this without, like, having to, like, you know, have non, non-full non rosters. And I think maybe Minnesota is, like, you know, maybe the first couple years were just, like, yeah, we're not really gonna have anybody on international duty. Maybe Kevin Molino. We'll be fine. We can Rasmus play Schuller the games. For, for um, yeah, Rasmus Schueller. But That's yeah, a now, military call yeah. up and different. But now, but now that we actually, you know, have some players like you know, like your Mason toys, like Hassani Dotson, um, like Robin Ludes, like the players that are gonna get call up and, and get playing time, makes sense for us to try to avoid uh, matches during international breaks as much as possible.
1: Something I'm really excited about is uh, for the first time since joining MLS, our closest away games. Uh, both uh, Sporting Kansas City matches and the Chicago game are on weekends. Yeah. So – Chicago, we're,
0: we're playing the fire here, though. No, we we're are not playing going, yeah. p-
1: them here, but I just think for away fans, whether you're away fans from Chicago or from Minnesota yep. or wherever, it's easier to travel – to an away game, yeah. And sell away game tickets if it's close by on a weekend.
0: Yeah, both of the SKC matches were on midweek last week. I think and last the sh- year, like, and the Chicago one wasn't it?
1: Sh- uh, uh, no, no, it was a Saturday. The fire was a Saturday because we okay. went. I went. It was yeah. Saturday before okay. Mother's Day. Yeah, okay. Ann
0: and I went down uh, for that one. But yeah, but yes, was yeah, a different two years ago. Yeah, that not having. Uh, yeah, if, if if we don't have really many like you know close rivals in terms of uh, MOS so, like. The fact that they even put both those Sporting Kansas City matches on, considering like that we'll both bring 200-plus people down on a, on a weekend. Yes. Even on a Sunday, honestly. Um, it's good business. It's good so for it's great.
1: MLS. It's good for Minnesota United.
0: Yeah. Um, the other great thing about the uh, schedule, the Loons avoid the NYC, FC, Philly, and Toronto, um, three of the four best Eastern Conference teams last year. They get the second best Eastern Conference team in Atlanta, but that's at home. Um, their toughest Eastern Conference away matches are either D.C. Uh, or Columbus. Um, D.C. might be in rebuild mode. Uh, we'll see if they maybe they're going to get Mesut Ozil in, in January. Who the fuck knows with him? Um, but they're definitely probably. Isn't closer. Columbus
1: always in rebuild
2: mode? Yeah, as I was gonna
0: say, I mean, who the fuck knows what's going on with uh, Columbus?
2: Columbus is perpetually stuck in the purgatory that is generally Ohio. Yeah. But also somewhere between the bottom level of the playoffs except in extraordinary years or maybe just a little bit out so yeah. columbus is always a tough away because they're always going to be okay but it's never going to be our toughest match of the season no
0: and our t- so yeah so our toughest our toughest uh, eastern conference away matches yeah, either dc or columbus and again like if, if dc's in the middle of a rebuild that should be that should be relatively easy um columbus it should be much easier than but yeah then we play like fc cincinnati um on the road um, oh no yeah i know um and then the other no- thing I wanted to note too: um, no more than three matches in a row are on the road, and the Weird. one and the one time where we have three matches in a row, it's over a span of ten days. Um, that's a six seventeen at LAFC. Um, then we travel to FC Dallas. Um, uh, and then we, on the Saturday and the following Saturday, then we go to D.C. United, as I was mentioning. And then the next match after that is a, is a 7-1. It's, so it's not even, we don't even have to wait another full weekend. We get a midweek match, and it's against Vancouver, um, who we should, you know, smoke. So 10 days, two weekends away on the road. We ne- we're never, the team's never away from um, the fans for more than two weekends in a, in a, in a row, um, b- barring international breaks, obviously. So that is, that's fantastic news, I think, for... For Minnesota, um, be able to build some consistency for the fans to have that consistency when it comes to, we're not having long, long road trips where we're not,
2: you know, not being at Allianz. The one thing I think it's a little bit tough scouting the schedule at this point is how much roster shift there will be between now and the actual kick. I mean, of course, if if you look at, if you look at the DC United game now, it would be really hard to call it potentially one of our hardest games. They look like they're going to be in disarray. Yeah. The flip side is we know they're going to make moves. We just don't know what they are. Yep. So it, it, the schedule at this point looks like it sets up really nicely for Minnesota United. Look ahead two months from now, and all of a sudden we can be going, oh, man, we really got screwed by yeah. the schedule makers because two three teams actually make good moves yeah. for once instead of shitting the bed like they usually well, do. One thing
0: we'll also do, like last year we, we, when we got the schedule, we had that we saw the end of the year and that juggernaut of like eight matches against what we assume would be very good teams and ended up being like eight matches against very good teams and Sporting Kansas City, um, <laughs> who so, love to beat us. Yes, uh, so but who did not? We d- we don't have we don't have a stretch like that. We don't have like a um, especially not towards the end of the year, towards the run in, right? We play. Um, you know the, the one caveat there: we're going to be playing Houston in the last game of the year. So if we need something from Houston, um, or we need, you know, we need to be Houston, or we need to uh, get a draw. Um, you know, we have Christian Ramirez and uh, Darwin Cantuero to uh, to contend with potentially.
2: I want no part of that game. Yeah. Honestly, it I mean this from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. I would rather be confirmed for away playoffs than have to get something out of that game to get a home playoff game, make the playoffs, anything. Because I have won no part of the Darwin Kintero revenge game. I don't want Christian Ramirez playing for, in front of the Wall in front of the for, for first time. Yeah. Like, potentially Miguel Abara. That's still a little bit up in the air. Yeah, who knows? That game looks today like the biggest possible trap game on our schedule. And it could mean nothing. Our place could be entirely confirmed for, hey, we won the West. Or, yeah. hey, we have a home playoff game or an away playoff game. Or, hey, everyone on our team got hurt, and we're going to be the first-round pick in the draft. Super not useful. If we need anything from that game, I like. You, there is no amount of money you could give me that I would turn around and give to a casino because that game is a fucking wreck. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, so that's kind of the... the
0: Interesting notes for the schedule. Um, I just want to ask you guys: Are there? Um, I love tra- I love traveling to uh, Minnesota United matches. Um, I think it's if you haven't done it before, I highly highly encourage you to do it. It's it's one of the funnest things you can do, especially if we do get a Kansas City bus going. Um, I don't do the buses anymore, but I definitely would encourage people to take the bus down to Kansas City. Are there any matches that you guys are looking or potentially to traveling to this year?
1: I always enjoy the Colorado one, even though I've only yep. been to it once. Yeah, we, we've so, gone.
0: We've gone every year. I love. I love going to Colorado. We have a lot of friends out there, and and weed's legal, so that's always great. Well, um, I also, if you uh, need to figure out a way to, to bring your weed back, I can. I can t- t- tell you how to do that. So hit me on the uh, offline, on that. You guys or anybody listening to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I also can
2: tell you how to do that, not yeah. because I've ever smoked marijuana, which I haven't, but because my first-year roommate in college dealt <laughs> and gave me all the tips for sneaking there you marijuana go. into places. Um, Dan, are there any matches that you're looking forward to potentially getting into? I'd love to get down to Kansas City at some point. Uh, the one I'm looking at on this schedule that I think will probably set up really nicely is uh rsl um i'd love to get back out to San- uh, salt lake city which i've heard is a killer tourist town i've only ever flown through and i can tell you the delta lounge there sucks ass uh, <laughs> but that's is like the grand thing i know about yeah. rsl i've heard it's a it's an amazing place to watch a soccer game we can get some good hiking in that's always my goal so that and uh colorado are the two i look at every year yeah honestly if portland were in summer i would think really really hard about that it's just hard to get super excited about going out to portland in march yeah uh when it's going to be cold as hell it's going to be misty you're not going to see there portland can see the mountains for most of the year not in, march. <laughs> not in march not in march you may as well be in san francisco <laughs> or
1: i don't know caught in a dream state yeah because all you're going to see is fog yeah you sound as excited about going to portland on march 1st as the new york red bull fans are excited to come here on march 15th <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's entirely fair the thing about that 15th date is it is either going
2: to be this unbelievably gorgeous 56 to 63 day Or it is going to be Negative 4 and sleet Yeah And there was no in between I Remember two years
0: ago On uh, For the home opener Against Was against the Chicago Fire On St. Paddy's Day I think it was like The 15th of March Or it was right around there It was like so The 17th of March was St. Paddy's Day And it was like It'd been colder than shit, and then all of a sudden, like that day it got to be like sixty degrees outside. It's gorgeous. I got so fucking shit hammered. Uh I could Sur- barely walk.
2: Surly was so busy, it was legally a suburb at that point. <laughs> and also the, the wait for beer was about forty five minutes. Yeah. So it was one of those things where you stood in line, you're like, What are the next six beers I'm going to watch? We had we had gotten um we had gotten the small cakes, which is a, a sponsor
0: of the Wonderwall. I, they had donated a shit ton of, of uh, uh, cupcakes, so I went around to, to like the different bars that were like having like having people at and like dropped off cupcakes. And then um, and then uh, Martin had like was that was like his very first Defo at, at uh, TCF. So then he came down to uh, Lake Monster, and we just got we just were drinking and we didn't eat, and like neither of us ate. And then after the game, I just remember going up. Uh, we went to Town uh, Town Hall afterwards, and. Uh, um, just remember seeing Carl Craig, and I was just—I could barely stand. I could—I I was like, like my like my legs were like jelly. I, they weren't—I weren't even working anymore. This is what I thought in my head. Obviously, I was, I was walking totally fine, but I'm just like, I can't even walk. Anyways, um, good times. So yeah.
1: Do you like, remember anything about your conversation with Crocker? Oh, I
0: remember every, I remember I remember everything, but I was like I couldn't like
2: I just felt like I just couldn't walk. Yeah, I don't know, it's weird.
1: The no, number also, one I also thing, may
2: have been a little bit high too. The number one thing I remember from that day is that is the day that I developed my completely irrational hatred for Alex Katai, <laughs> a player who has been attached to Minnesota United in the last two windows and who objectively fits needs that we have and would be great and I am so angry about because I have this deep-seated irrational hatred towards him because he dived on every foul. Yeah. Someone would get within two feet of him and he would fall over like he'd been shot and i decided sounds, on that day i hate you to death alex kasai
0: sounds like another person we might might like talk about later in the podcast all right um i'm really excited uh colorado obviously we go every year um and then uh, i would i'm really my really really hoping my wife um surprises me with a trip to la uh for my birthday to see the galaxy um we have a her sister lives out there, so it'd be a great place to just go see her sister. And then, um, again, at Sporting Kansas City is always fun. I always encourage people to go to Sporting Kansas City. Um, their fans are the best. Uh, they th- are. And they have a really awesome uh, tailgate. Colorado is a really awesome tailgate as well. And then I was, you know, depending on what happens uh, job-wise, um, DC United would be a fun one too. And then if you're interested in a, uh, hanging out in, in Florida for a week, um, we do play uh, Orlando City. Um, and then we have a midweek game against uh, someone. And then we play Inter-Miami. Um, in So you could, like... Go to Orlando, uh, watch the Orlando City game. Maybe hang out at Disneyland, go on a cruise, come back and watch Minnesota play in Miami at, of all places, Crappy old Lockhart. Where we won the cup. Where we won the cup. Um, cool. And Sounds we're gonna like take, a great week. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, we actually we're gonna have a way too early schedule breakdown for y'all. So uh, we'll be right back. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Sound good to me. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And we're back. Um, We're just going to go through the schedule. I just, you know, kind of I originally had when I had this uh, idea was like, oh, what's like, what's like make like predictions. Um, But as Dan alluded to, that's just a fucking futile uh, effort. So I think we're just going to go through the schedule. Um,
1: For those that are concerned, this is not the entire MLS schedule. It's just Minnesota United.
0: Just Minnesota United schedule. Um, we'll go through really relatively quickly. If you guys have anything you want to say about any particular games, um, just stop me and, and uh, interject or whatever. So obviously we've mentioned it many times. We opened uh, at Portland on March 1st. Um, and then March 7th, we go to San Jose. Um, this is the second year in a row we've been, we went to San Jose real early in the season. Um, and we've actually had San Jose's number, so kind of in, intrigued about like these two are these two games are going to I think be really important, real uh, table table setters for for
2: Minnesota. I think if Minnesota wants to host a playoff game next year. They're looking at four points out of that. Portland's a really tough place to play. They're in much better shape than either of the times we played them last year. and yep. of the three times we played yeah. them last year. Brought
0: back Valeriana Tam deal and uh,
2: Yimi Chara is the rumor there. Diego yep. Chara's wow. brother. Wow. Um, I watched good. him play in uh, Copa Sud America. He looked Yimi really Chara. good. Really good. So that's, I mean, the, Portland's always a tough place to play. I think one point is kind of the goal. If you get three, you know, you make a sacrifice to any of the local <laughs> gods. Um, that second game at San Jose is such a fascinating game to me. Last year, I think it was a statement of intent for Minnesota United. We had won on the road in, what did we decide, Vancouver? Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah. Um Went to San Jose, played really well. It was a, the best Francisco Calvo game that ever there was. Yep. He defended really well. He scored, played yeah. great. Uh, this is this is a very, very different team. This yeah. is Matias Almeida. This is a team that beat LAFC at home last yep. year. As did we?
1: And so, his crazy man marking system has gotten better, right? The, yeah. The players have learned it, what to do, what not to do in certain situations. And so they were still it, kind of working the kinks out of that. It
0: has, but like Minnesota, like Martin and I have talked, talked about this last year. Minnesota's actually, uh, the way Minnesota plays is actually well. It's like, it's. Perfect to counteract that Mad marking um, system It's and it's weird we just Seem to have uh, Matias Almeida's number so far um,
2: The home game against San Jose last year was one of My favorite games of the Season the yeah. team looked Amazing San Jose <laughs> played Hard it was a great game And eventually yeah. Minnesota Came out on top yep
1: and You got to see Almeida's I mean, hair in Person yep it's true which I mean that's just <laughs> it's Glorious, glorious. yeah it's it's glorious. The, hair, yes. the, the main
0: Yep so then uh, so then we Open so then we start with Four in a row uh, at home um, in March in March uh, uh, 15th against the Red Bulls um, uh, Third year in a row we're opening against An Eastern Conference team at home uh, Then we get uh, Terry Henry in Montreal on the 21st uh, There's international break Then we get San Jose again at home And then we also again get LA Galaxy Early, early, early in the season uh, at home So,
2: not, so to get it's super, interesting stra- yeah. not to get super redundant here I think it's fascinating to play San Jose twice within Not quite a month, yeah. but a month and a week Because if we well, start le- the season no, it,
0: yeah, it's, it's less than a month
2: is it really? Yeah. Yes. Three seven to four four. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I know how to do math. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so twice inside of a month. If they start super hot, we could take zero points off them. They could be propelled into the season. We start super hot. Exact same thing. Wouldn't be that hard to split the points. But it's fascinating to play these two the, the teams so close together because yeah. you know it, last year we played them the very beginning of the season, whooped them up pretty good played a really, really competitive game at home, so we took six points off them, yeah. but in two completely different games. Yep. It's really hard to imagine, less than a month apart, these games not looking fairly similar, even yep. though it's a home-and-home. Home. Yep. So to me, this is a test of Adrian Heath. If you can go into San Jose, beat Almeida at home, take three points, what are you going to do differently to ensure that you do it again less than a month later, knowing full well that they're going to make tactical adjustments? Can yep. you
1: make those complementary adjustments?
0: Yeah, MJ. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: Not about the San Jose and San Jose. Okay. <laughs> um, you know the LA Galaxy game. It, they always bring a big crowd. You know, just for of Minnesota casual fans. That yeah. Want. There's no big former European star, let's say, on there. But there's plenty of people that follow soccer. Plenty of big names on on Galaxy. Yeah. So that that'll be interesting.
0: Yep. Uh, so we followed up with a midweek game against uh, at Houston. Um, our first time seeing Christian Ramirez uh, in um, in Houston. Or no, actually, it should be the second time because we we fought we first played first time seeing Contrero. Yes, first time seeing Quintero, um, uh Followed by a, a, another uh, Texas team, FC Dallas, on the eighteenth. Um, then we get our uh, away trip to Sporting <coughs> Kansas City. Uh, on uh, the 25th of April, that's actually a really great time to go to Kansas City because it's not too hot. Should be like relatively nice out. Um, good, good barbecue weather. Good barbecue, and then uh, uh, we end April with a match against the uh, the Columbus Crew on the 29th of uh, April. Anything, anything you want to talk about for those uh, those matches in April?
2: The Texas Shuffle is certainly interesting. Again, it's it's interesting to look at those two games see ostensibly six points available i mean what would you guys say is a success out of those two games right now i think dallas dallas is going to be much improved next year houston at home is going to be way tougher yeah i mean and we took zero points last year in what was an embarrassing game
1: they're they're only three days apart and so not having full weeks rest between those two games and they're not both in texas or both in minnesota yeah um and I feel that we struggle with travel, back to back, things like that, or, or on short rest.
2: It would not at all surprise me to see, and that's a great point. Building off that, it would not at all surprise me to see us punt that Houston game, yeah, and basically say, "Well, we're way more interested in three points against Dallas let's at home." Let's play our lack of depth. Let's yeah. play Thomas Shacone in a in a nine zero one up top, and let's really see what the boy can do. Yeah. So Houston,
0: yeah, we, we've. Houston's been a, a, a little bit of a bugaboo for us. Um, obviously, we, we knocked them out of the Open Cup last year as they were the defending champs um and we played them well in certain games and played them like shit in other times i think going down to houston in april is a, is a good time to go down to houston beats Not, the shit out of august beats the shit out of august um which is very much within the, the realm of possibility with the open cup or whatever so um so yeah i mean i think you know again we're, we're talking you know mls is very much a league you need to win at home and 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 get points on the road and you know four points from that uh those that you know that week of matches would be would be a success, and it'd be interesting to go back actually and look through this and see like what do we actually need to get in order to like make the playoffs based on you know last year's point totals and things like that. So,
1: uh, to just to piggyback on your idea on looking at this time of the schedule, like it's there's enough games that we will have played by that Houston FC Dallas game. I'm not going to count them here, but seven or so that. I think that will dictate what we want out of those two matchups more than anything. And not that we can't say it would be nice to come with six points, four points, but if if we lose both San Jose games, we lose opening at Portland. You know, those two games could be desperation games mm-hmm. as opposed to if we win all of that. You know, yeah. I, and I agree with Texas that that uh, it looks like we would punt that Houston game.
0: Yeah. That was Dan. Dan was saying we should punt that Houston game. Don't, don't put that shit on me. Whatever. We're a fucking hive <laughs> mind and you know it. Uh, Alright, May May's a busy month for us. We have six games. We start off against Colorado on the second. Uh, that's at home. Um, Colorado, which has had our number, um, sadly, over the course of the last three years, even though they've been a shit-ass soccer team. Um, then we go to Orlando on the on the ninth. We host RSL uh, midweek on the 13th. Go to Miami, as I mentioned earlier, on the 16th. Um, Portland comes here on the 23rd, so we're done with Portland um, at, by before the end of May. And then Likewise, with LA Galaxy, we go to the Galaxy at the end of May on the thirty-first. Again, that's my birthday. Feel free to give me all the presents. Um, and uh, so we'll be done with Portland, LA, and San Jose um, before the end of May. That's a uh, those are three playoff potential playoff teams. Not
1: the way Europe does it, but yeah. that's okay.
0: Yep. So anything, any uh, anything stand out there in that in that month of May?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that we're not going to have subsequent games against San Jose and Galaxy. I think that could become very influential towards the end of this season. Um, I'm big on the Galaxy going into next year. Zlatan, look, he's a stud. His legacy is sacrosanct. Don't get me wrong. But you look at his games against Minnesota, not great. He looked like shit to me. Perfectly Cal- frank. Coleman
1: kept him in check really well.
2: Look, I mean, that dude lives in Coleman's pocket, which is pretty fucking impressive in and of itself. But even in the playoff game when Coleman was on the bench, <laughs> Zlatan looked terrible. He had yeah. one decent chance, uh. and he shot it straight at Vito. So I, d- <laughs> my wife is interjected <laughs> via text. Zlatan is bad. Uh, and yeah. she's right. She's 100% right. Uh, so I think it's really interesting. I-, I think Galaxy is going to be good next year. I'm yeah, huge on Christian Pavon. Um, I like him better as this focal point of the attack than I like him as Zlatan's magical assistant.
0: Alessandrini likes to eat our lunch uh, when he's healthy.
2: He wasn't really healthy at
0: all last year, and when he's healthy, he scores a lot of goals against Minnesota point. United. It's very
2: true. They did get rid of Dave Mitt Romney. Uh <laughs> So I don't know if that's good or bad. If he he was went D- to Nashville? He went to Nashville. He was a DP for them that yep. they just flat out didn't use, which I would love to have that kind of budget. Like, here's a, here's a bad DP, which we can afford to have for reasons.
0: I mean, Angelo Rodriguez, he, he, but. He's
2: not a good left Not anymore. Left. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now he's a bad TAM I player. I know. I, yeah, sorry. And, and Mitt Romney's not sorry. any good either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Dave Romney. But point being, like... These are teams, particularly in San Jose and LA Galaxy, that Minnesota United is going to have to reckon with come to the end of this season. They are teams that they look at right, that look right now like the teams they will be competing with for playoff spots, and they're getting them out of the way early. And honestly, today I can't tell you if that's a good thing or a yeah. bad thing.
0: Uh, yeah, I can't either because it'd be nice to have the you know if you were chasing those teams, um, it'd be nice to have those games later in the year because those are six pointers. But if you can just take six points off of them. Before the end of May, you're, you're sitting pretty goddamn pretty, so...
2: And Galaxy, at least, will be shuffling their roster, so I think playing them early is a benefit. Yeah. San Jose, they looked really good in the last couple... Two of the last three months of last season, because the last months of the season, they shit themselves so badly, they were admitted to numerous uh, irritable bowel syndrome clinical trials, <laughs> but... It, irrespective like these are teams that are largely going to be consistent year to year so we're not facing a massive roster shift galaxy a little more than san jose honestly if i had to make a prediction today out of those four games if minnesota united gets seven points i think that's a win for us
0: all right mg you have anything you want to add about uh the, the may, that may stretch of of games It'd be interesting to go to, to Crappy Lockhart and yeah, in well, the middle of May. So
1: there's so much history for Minnesota soccer at Crappy Lockhart because that used to be the place where the Fort Lauderdale Strikers eventually became Miami FC.
0: Yeah, uh, um, it's also it also was a jungle like less than a year ago, <laughs> like like an actual literal jungle. Go look that up. Um, uh, yeah, it was. I'm not th-
2: saying they shot Jumanji there, <laughs> but I'm not not saying that either. Very
0: possible. It, it would have been it would have been uh, they wouldn't have had to do much to uh, to recreate the Jumanji. So. Um, all right. So then, in uh, June, um, we have uh, we have an so international break right after the uh, the LA Galaxy match. Um, we host Nashville. That's our Pride match. So we go to LAFC on the seventeenth. Uh, we host or we go to FC Dallas on the twentieth, and then we go to DC United. That is our we stretch. Host- no, we go to DC United. Oh. I messed up there. Um, we uh, that's our stretch of, of three matches in a row where we are on the road. Um, so LAFC away, FC Dallas away, DC United away. That's a that's a tough stretch, um, especially considering uh, you we expect FC Dallas to bounce back and be a little better than they were last year. Um TC who the hell knows, but going away in MLS is always tough. Um and you never know you might uh, a beam might fall down from their stadium and hit you in the head. And then obviously at LFC, we we managed to uh smash and grab uh three points from them last year. Um I don't know if
1: Bob Bradley is going to let us do that I don't think Bob
0: Bradley is going to let us do that again this year. Yeah. So that's that's a it's an interesting uh, run. I think we definitely, you know, we need three points against Nashville. Um you know, I think, you know, getting, if we can get, you know, seven points out of this month, I think that would be a really successful month.
1: If, if Bob the Builder is as serious about it as he seems to be in interviews about building LAFC into the juggernaut that they can be, you know, he's going to take that game very seriously.
2: The DC United away could be an extremely easy game depending on how they shuffle around. Um, you know, one of the fascinating things and, and one of the things about, soccer that is a little bit different from American-only sports is it so dependent on what happens in the European leagues. So we know that D.C. United's had extended conversations with Mesut Ozil about coming in. If Mesut Ozil is joins that squad with Lucho Acosta, with Paulo Ariola that's a really, really good team. But yeah. Mikel Arteta's opening press conference, he straight up said, Method Ozil is a monster player who is going to be part of this squad, which is good, and I can say this as an Arsenal fan, which is good. That's good for Arsenal. It is objectively also bad for DC United. Yep. So that's one of those games that I think we look at today and go, man, we really, really need one or three points off that. We can't take the loss. And today, maybe that looks difficult because we sort of expect them to make a great move. Yeah. At the time, that may be a – if we don't get three points off this, it's actually sort of embarrassing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, all right. So then we move into July. We Again, we host uh, Vancouver. Um, we play at Seattle on the 5th. Um, so this is actually – this is where I think that might be one of those FS1 games that, uh, you know, anyways, long story short. Um, then we uh, come home, uh, have LFC That's a uh, 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 yeah FS1 game. Host Kansas City in uh, July on the 18th, uh, and then we have uh, go to RSL um, on the 25th. Uh, so that is a interesting stretch of matches. Um, obviously, you have the defending. Uh, you have to play at the defending uh, MLS Cup champions. Um, uh, hosting, um, as Dan mentioned uh, earlier, that's going to be a very pivotal game potentially. Um, you know, one of the better teams in MLS history. Um, then you have your rival in SKC, uh, a match against RSL. We've had RSL's number, uh, but Nick Romano is not in goal anymore. So, um, who the hell well, knows? And
1: going back to the Colorado bit, yeah. Uh, Tim Howard is not in goal anymore. Yeah. So, like, they've had our number. Is, does that change with with uh, not Tim Howard? I, I mean know, I,
0: is, is the is the McMathlete gonna be uh, taking over the number yeah. one spot for Colorado or
1: Zach McMathlete. Yeah.
0: Zach yeah.
2: McMathlete. Who's who is certainly solid. Yeah. I, I mean say I if we're gonna say, well, X doesn't have Y player anymore, we have to note that Minnesota United doesn't have uh depth. <laughs> yeah, we don't have we don't have a starting goalie either. Well, we also don't <laughs> have a starting goalie but <laughs> Or a starting have, striker. <laughs> we don't have uh the scion of the Heath family yes. to uh, to squirt water bottles anymore, so we may be in trouble there.
0: Oh, that's a. Uh, so I, I won that picture at the, at the Dark Cloud silent auction. Um, There's a picture like uh, Tim McLaughlin took a picture of like that incident of, of uh, Harrison Heath getting the red card. It's framed. It's an eight by eight by 11 uh, framed picture of Harrison Heath getting a red card. It's in a frame uh, on my on my nightstand. So I wake up every morning and I see Harrison Heath getting a red card. It just makes my day. It, and I it's like, I wake up you know no matter how shitty the night the night before was or the day before was i go to sleep i wake up in the morning i see Harrison heath get a red card and I get a big fucking smile on my face boys i'm never skipping the dark clouds auction again i didn't oh, know that was that was that like was the per- thing there was a, there was an actual benedetti watch that like literally an actual watch that had benedetti's face on it so it was a benedetti watch watch um, Did
1: Mark F- Fangmeyer bet a lot. Mark of Mark Fangmeyer, yes,
0: I, I tried. I drove the price up so that we uh, Dark Clouds would make some money. So yeah, Good don't job. ever, don't ever miss that Dark Clouds silent auction, man. There's some weird it's shit it's that fun. shows
2: up there. I'm gonna make my own Weasel Watch because <laughs> I'm, I'm still today on Weasel Watch. Like, so we're super clear. Until yeah. I'm not, I'm on Weasel, on Weasel Watch. All right. Uh, anything else you want? Hey, on Weasel,
0: everyone. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we move into August. Uh, August is a. Oh. oh yeah, sorry. You wanted MJ? Sorry.
1: I forgot. So v- when Andrew Kura comes to town, yep. I'm really excited to see uh, a guy by the name of Huang Inbohm. Oh yeah, uh, he's he had a really good year last year. A, a very Fantastic. young young Korean uh, player. He just uh, helped uh, Korean national team beat Japan in the East Asian Football Championship. Okay, and so they they scored one nil. He had a great goal for th- those of you want to see a really great goal for this guy. Now, granted, Japanese. Uh, you know, defense isn't that great. But he shoots this from well outside the box, and it goes through about three, four people. Um, but, yeah, that goal from Korea. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I don't cheer for teams or Koreans that don't play for my team. So, like, Sun for, like, Tottenham Hotspurs, I'm an Everton fan. I can't cheer for him unless he's in a Korean team. And the same goes t- true for Hwang Ying boom I'm not going to be cheering for him, but as a Korean fan, I will – be interested in see how he plays.
0: Yeah, he had a, yeah he had a great year uh, last year for uh, Vancouver. i let's just see how he p- continues to progress.
1: Yeah, this is not a
2: reflection on him at all. But I've literally never seen a player make more really good useless runs. He made amazing runs. His his work on the ball was completely fantastic. Every time I watched him, I desperately wanted to watch him on a better team. Because there was no one around him who was interested in in making an interesting run for the ball, getting on the end of crosses. It was like watching uh, it was like watching numerous Arsenal teams where where uh, Robin van Persie <laughs> was doing incredibly amazing things, and the rest of the team was like, "Oh, it'd be cool if we had supported yeah. that." Well,
0: Vancouver is not known for their uh, creativity. They like to they like to bang crosses into the box, and so if yeah. you have a guy making runs like that, see, he would be he'd actually make a a ton of sense on a team. Kind of like Minnesota United,
2: um, that I would love you know, uh,
0: anyways, um, moving on, one last note on the uh,
2: July schedule, yeah, this month to me, more than any other month, will determine what Minnesota United's aspirations are. Uh, that game against Vancouver, if we want to host a play, a home playoff game, uh, or potentially win the West, that's a game that's three guaranteed points. You have to win that, absolutely have to win that at Seattle. Home to LAFC, home to Sporting, who is not going to be nearly as bad next year as they were this year. I will put solid money on that. You just have to play well in those games. And if you want to win the West, you want to be the two or three seed. Honestly, you probably have to beat Sporting Kansas City and you have to draw LAFC at the very least.
1: Yeah. And you want 12 points out of those five games. Right. A great
2: team takes 12 points out of those five games. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see is minnesota united a great team next year are they a good team next year do they get their shit kicked in in july next year if we take one zero three points out of that we yeah. can solidly start looking at the super draft
0: <laughs> i need to uh i need to see if there's any uh uh casinos that have uh uh over unders on wins for for mls probably not it's mls but um be interested to uh to make a uh, trek down to iowa and uh play some bets on because i have i have some i have some uh, very um that's very hard Hard thoughts on teams as of right now without only seeing like some, the certain additions. But um, yeah, maybe that's, that'll be for another podcast. That'll be the, uh, the Daves You Know Who Love to Gamble um, podcast.
2: If you run a casino and you have MLS lines, please consider <laughs> <Yeah>. sponsoring <laughs> us. Yes, let us know. Because if you give us, say, $100, the three of us will bet several thousand guess, in your honor. Yes, pr- probably.
0: Probably. All right, uh, August um, is always a fun time for uh, Minnesota. We uh, go to Nashville on 8-1. That's so s- Nashville is a sneaky, fun town. I've, I've Everybody I've talked to says Nashville is a really fun town. Um, so I, I think people should be putting Nashville on their list of place, uh, potential teams and uh, places to go to because I've heard really great things about Nashville. Um, then we host a- Atlanta on the 9th. Um, that's at the ABC game. Then we host uh, Seattle on the 16th. As also, uh, uh, that's an a- F- FS1 game, I believe. Um, Chicago comes to town on the 22nd. And then we go to Colorado on the 29th again, Colorado being the, the bugaboo there. Atlanta's also – I mean, we've kind of traded jabs back and forth with Atlanta. Um, again, you know, you talk about, uh, like, important months. August is,
2: is not much less important than ch- July, honestly. There is a little bit of a breath with the 8-1 at Nashville – uh, which from a, a soccer standpoint is going to be, I think, a sneaky, difficult game. They're building an interesting roster, if not a good one. Yeah. Uh, the thing I can tell you is, so I spent two years living in St. Louis. Nashville is the town that St. Louis dreams of being. <laughs> Everyone from St. Louis, they want to have a really great weekend. And St. Louis is a good drinking town, to get me wrong. But if they want to have a really great weekend, they go to Nashville. <laughs> Nashville is the party town that is not New York City, Atlantic City, Vegas, or LA. Miami. Yeah, yeah, Miami. Not, not Miami. Yeah. So it's a, it is a non destination town. So if you want to have an amazingly good weekend, particularly if you're into country music, and I don't mean that from a stereotypical standpoint, I mean like yeah. that's validation. It's a great yeah. country town. Yeah, they have a an amazing drinking scene. Almost certainly going to be an amazing away team scene. Uh, I've heard really good thing about their USL squad in terms of uh, their ability to party down. But that is a rest game. If Minnesota United doesn't take three points in that game, fuck it, it's an away game. It doesn't matter. They have to take three points in that game. Instead of breaking it down by months, look at the run. Home LAFC, home Sporting Kansas City, away at RSL. That game's going to be hard as hell. At Nashville is the light game in that break, and then you go... Home Atlanta, home Seattle, and then Chicago is probably going to suck shit next year. Yeah. <laughs> but so in that in that six week range, you have two games that you need to take six points out of. And everything else, you're going to be f- dogfighting for your points. So that game, that 8-1 game against Nashville, may truly be the most important game on the schedule. Like you, because they can't draw. They can't you, give up a bad goal. They can't give up a, a fluke penalty. None of this bullshit. Yeah. You have to walk into Nashville and slap the shit out of a team that deserves to have the shit slapped out of them. I
0: think you said that about four games on the schedule already. This is the most
2: important game on the schedule. Every game is the most <laughs> important game Three points <laughs> always most important points.
1: <laughs> the most important game is the game that you're gonna be playing next.
2: That is fair. Um, Thank you, every arson Wenger podcast. Yeah. Colorado, Colorado Press at conference
0: end, at the end of August will be hot. Um, so make sure you, if you go to that game, you are hydrated. Uh, uh, weed affects people differently, so maybe get there a couple of days early and and get your get your balance and everything. Um, but yeah, MJ, do you have anything you want to add on the on August? Uh,
1: Dan was saying earlier that Houston, our very last game, could be a very, very treacherous game, especially if we need to get into the playoffs. I'm just going to go back a, one one month instead of the the last game uh, of the season. If we go to the last game in August, I guess it's not one month, but a little over a month. That that uh, August 29th game against Colorado. We don't play well at high altitudes. We don't seem to get there early enough to adjust and practice in that in, in that stadium or in that uh, altitude. That we, I don't know when's the last time we've won in, in Colorado.
0: We ever got, we got our first ever points in Colorado with a draw. I don't with think we've actually won a game so, in Colorado. It should me, be noted we've, we've a, won games in RSL. To, to,
1: me, to me, that's always a game on paper. Yeah. You look at our rosters. You look at our coaches. I, I'm the biggest Tim Howard apologist there is, but he doesn't have that great of a team in front of him, and it's just and he and he was getting older, so it's like we should win this game. Yeah. And so, when you talk about playoff implications, that one looks like a trap game to me. That's
2: entirely fair, especially given how well Colorado played at the end of last season. They have the Rookie of the Year in Chinyasiki. They have a team that's kind of sneaky good. Yeah, they c-
0: kind of figured it out towards the end of the year last year.
2: But And, and they, they totally did. That's entirely fair. But I'm unclear what I would tell a squad. You have to be aware of their ability to do X. Honestly, their ability to do X x at the end of last season was they have an uncanny ability to win games which is a statistical which from a a statistical analysis standpoint which is my background i hate and i think is stupid non-repeatable the flip side is it also is valid and it's how they won a lot of games last year this is a team that played really well they played for each other and they did a lot of things nicely i think their coaching situation last year left them in limbo forever That's not going to be in play this year. By the time we run into Colorado on 829, it's going to be extremely clear either last year was a fluke and it was, hey, we hated our old coaches so much. We were going to play hard for anyone or no, it wasn't a fluke. This is a really good, really cohesive team that plays with great uh, organization and cohesion. And Andrei Shinyashiki Yashiki scores a lot of really great goals, and we win a lot of one nil games at altitude. Yeah, remember this is a team that's only
0: like two year removed from being one of the most stingiest defenses in MLS history um, until they ship two players to Minnesota United under dubious circumstances. Yep. So, so yeah. So the at Sam Colorado, and mark, Burch, everyone. Yep. Um, so then we have an international break, and then we we the run the uh, run out of for Minnesota United is at Vancouver on the 13th. Uh, we host the Revolution on the 19th. Uh, we travel to uh, the the last the second-to-last game ever in Nippert Stadium uh, on the 26th. And then we host Houston on Decision Day, the first time the Minnesota has hosted Decision Day um, in uh, their MLS tenure. Um, you know, going backwards from Chicago, you know, hosting Chicago at Colorado, at Vancouver, yeah. New England, FC Cincinnati, Houston, that is not the gauntlet that we had to go through at the end of last year. Um, and theoretically, just based on, you know, how these teams performed last year should be fairly easy. However, New England, um, once Bruce Arena came on board, he actually righted that ship. Um, you know, Dan, you just mentioned Colorado, like finding their finding their form towards the end of last year. Um, Houston, none of us want anything. Who has, knows? None of us wants anything to have to do with Houston. Tab Ramos, um, I have I've a, a lot of faith in Tab Ramos to figure it out in Houston, especially with um, Darwin and Christian playing but together again. When those two played together, they were actually a a really good striking team um, for the short period of time that they were here in Minnesota together. So, I don't know. I mean, it looks, on paper, it looks relatively easy and and simple and like something that we should be able to take a lot of points off of if we need them. However, you know, it's MLS, so who the fuck knows?
1: Even with Minnesota United's lack of roster moves, I look at those last six games, Chicago, Colorado, Vancouver, New England, Cincinnati, Houston. I'm like, we should win four out of six of those games, but that all changes again, depending on what rosters moves are made by us, what roster moves are made by those other teams. And again, um, what we can't say now, how will the teams have been performing table wise up until that point?
2: And injuries are always the X factor, which we're talking about at the end of the season. So these teams on paper could be unbelievable world beaters on day one of the MLS season and be absolute kittens by the end, just based on their injury profiles. Yep. Um, you look at New England uh, under Bruce Arena with Carlos Giel, like that's an entirely different squad. They're rumored to be bringing in a third DP. So that game feels like a little bit of a trap game. Bob Kraft figured out he had an MLS team. Uh, yeah, which is a miracle. You know? <laughs> it, like, oh, my gosh. Imagine, imagine forgetting you owned they played, a $100 they million the same fucking stadium, And you're just like, oh, yeah, I just forgot about that. I, I mean, Bob Craft spends enough time in Miami that he can forget the world and everything around him, and if you don't know what I mean, look it up. Look uh, it up. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't look it up on
0: your work computer. Yeah,
2: definitely not safe for work, unless An you're S- Bob Kraft. S- unless S- you're S- Bob Craft. Definitely safe for work yeah. or play. Yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier, I want no part of that Houston game. Honestly, they could be playing with six U-17s, Darwin Quintero, Christian Ramirez, Miguel Abarrá, maybe plus or minus, And honestly, I would be sweating that game because revenge is the most powerful motivator on earth. Yep. Uh, What I desperately don't want is six points going into that FC Cincinnati game or even four points because you have to go into Cincinnati and take three. Honestly, unless Minnesota United's position is so safe that six points doesn't determine it, that's one of those games that you walk in and I feel like you want it so bad. I'm going full Tommy boy here. You sort of pet it and <laughs> love it. And then
1: you choke it to <laughs> death.
2: <laughs> because that get, those points should be so secure that you shouldn't be sweating them at all. And that's one of those things that you go into Nippert and it's a nice day. It should be difficult for no one. Inchi rotates the squad a little bit to make sure that he's got his dead on perfect people for uh houston for the houston game exactly and then all of a sudden cincinnati scores in the 17th minnesota united screws the pooch and either loses 1-0 because they hit the woodwork five times or tie 1-1 and now all of a sudden we're out of the playoffs not host- hosting a playoff game whatever your worst case scenario is yeah. in there it just we talk about trap games in the schedule. This one shouldn't be. Cincinnati has not done the things they need to do so far to be a respectable squad next year. But look, worse teams than Minnesota United walked into TCF expecting to take three points and found themselves on the ass end of a hiding because Minnesota United all of a sudden found their form. I am definitely picturing the July 4th game against Toronto when Toronto was playing reasonably well and then got the full 100% Darwin Quintero experience and had to put their own goalie on suicide watch because he got chipped three times. That's correct. Um, yeah, so that's
0: the that's the schedule. Um, we spent probably way too much time than I thought we would, but um, that's all right. So uh, other United news, and then we'll get to some other MLS bits. We'll take a break, and then we'll, we'll jump into uh, EPL and World Football. So FSN is listed as the broadcast partner, um, but no announcements yet on who the uh, – the talent will be in the booth. I mean, we assume, or I assume that everybody's coming back. Um, but it's weird to not to have you know not have any uh, contract news. Um, we have uh, some summer preseason announcements. Uh, so the mystery United will be playing um, in a uh, three match, uh, you know, tournament. Not really necessarily a tournament, but like the three matches down in Orlando. Um, the week of the 27th, so everybody reports to camp on the 20th. Um, and a week after they, the camp, they'll be down, down in Orlando. Um, and there was announced uh, earlier this week a uh, preseason tournament, tournament in Portland. Um, they were The Minnesota United played in this tournament, I want to say three years ago, their first uh, season in MOS. Yes. They played in this tournament. Um, they It's uh, also with New England, obviously Portland and Vancouver. Um, they'll play New England uh, on the 16th at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. That's a Sunday. Uh, they play Portland on the. It's a Wednesday um, at 5:30, and then on Saturday, the 22nd of of, uh, of February, they'll play Vancouver at 12:30. Um, no word yet on whether those games will be. No, they're probably be streamed. My guess is that we'll have them on up the Black Heart. Um, yeah, the then uh, we have Orlando other games. Events.
1: Yeah, sorry. The Orlando games. Do we know the opponents?
0: We don't. I just said. Uh, they're, yeah, they're playing at Orlando Health Stadium at Eastern Florida State College. Um, that'll be the, the second week they're, they're all together. So they'll, there'll be a week up here. Um, they, sh- they show up on the 20th. There's like a week of practices, and they go down to Orlando. Um, I think last year they played like a, co- like a college team. I think they played a uh, – they may have played like a USL team. And, they played two and, MLS, teams and they played Orlando. Had to do I know they played bootleg o- stream. Yeah, Orlando. So yeah, yeah, that's right. We did. Uh, yeah, thank um, you, uh,
1: Super Rookie. Yeah, Tim. Super
0: Rookie. Uh, Tim Hayes uh, bootleg stream that we watched it at the bar here. So
1: I owe you a beer, Tim. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, so you know we'll, we'll find out eventually. There's probably won't be there. Actually, th- that. Th- that actually was actually I think a tournament. This might we might not get any sort of um, stream or whatsoever. This might be uh, the team like actually putting out tweets about what's going on. The preseason tournament in Portland should be streamed. Um, so definitely um, when we find out more information about that, we'll let you know. If it's streamed, it'll be on here at the Black uh, We have a couple other MLS bits. MJ, uh, you wanted to talk about a couple things.
1: Well, I thought it was really interesting. If for those of you who aren't familiar, the Chicago Fire had a big rebrand. Uh, this goes to their logo. This was even talking about possibly changing their name, uh, which the fans rebelled against. And the, f- the fans didn't like the new logo, and some proposed alternate logos. Some showed how great the, the uh, NWSL team, the Chicago Red Stars, like how they incorporate the Chicago flag into their logo and try to suggest something more like that. And the Chicago ownership and marketing team and front office stuck to their guns and say, this is the new logo, deal with it. Uh, Louisville had a logo drop that they were really excited about, and they had the words Lou City on there, and several locals was like, the only city that gets shortened to Lou is St. Louis. <laughs> like, like, they had several locals saying, like, no one calls it Lou City. <laughs> like, what is this? Um, and some people didn't like the crest, the, the shield, and what else not? And so they com- did a complete walk back. So whatever money that they s- had sunk into that, and whether that included merch or jersey designs or anything. I any think logo. you can
0: still buy, like, the old uh, – or the, or the the new old logo, like, merch, like, like flasks and shit with but it on uh, – They basically said, yeah.
1: no, fans, we we like you. We trust you. You don't like this. We are going to rethink about this and involve you more in the process. I think it's two very different, different – uh, ways to go about fan interaction yeah
0: well the chicago fire have been a the ownership of the chicago fire has been a goddamn fucking tire fire for many years like we we you know this podcast exists to kind of like give shit to our our team for not doing things that we that we they obviously should do because we are 100 percent correct however we're not fucking chicago right chicago has no dps um they have like 10 players signed right now uh like their their branding is, is all over the fucking place. Um, they have six thousand season tickets, um, holders right now. Like they have supporter groups, supporter groups that are angry. literally like getting banned by the team for the most ridiculous of reasons. So as bad as we think we have it here in Minnesota, we're not fucking Chicago, and and we have an ownership group that actually generally will listen to what we have to say. Now now they're not always right, and they're often they're often wrong, but they at least will like. And you, I have faith that when I talk to somebody in the front office um, that they will listen to me and they'll, they'll listen to what I have to say and they will at least, um, you know, bring it up to whomever is, is the appropriate person. Now, might not get the outcome that I want, but it, but more often than not, I have. Like, a great example was like the, the when they announced with Allianz that you weren't going to be able to bring uh, uh, baby bags and, and bike helmets. And, yeah. and like, we raised a, a shitstorm about it. And lo and behold, you know, about – a month later, before the before the stadium even opened, um, someone in the front office like pulled me aside. I was like, "Hey, just so you know, if you want to put it out there, like people can bring in uh, diaper bags and bike helmets. It's not a problem." And and you know the, the team has the team has reacted fairly quickly, um, much a lot more in the Louisville vein, than the Chicago vein. So I'll just I wanna say that about that. Like you would say we want about our, our team and all that, but like we're not fucking Chicago. And we, agreed.
2: And we also don't have Francisco Colva anymore, and Chicago does. Yeah. Chicago has numerous problems, not the least of which is Francisco Calvo. But one of the things that really gave me pause in the last year with them, and they've made just an unholy gauntlet of terrible choices over the last year, was when Peter Wilt, who was one of the original founders of the team, wrote and co-signed a letter about just how much they were shitting the bed and how badly they were doing. Like If one of your former owners, one of the people who has been – through the exact same wars you've been through, one of the people who knows better than anyone else what you're doing tries, tries to pull you aside privately, and you don't listen, and then goes public and says, good God, what are you doing? You are starting a separate tire fire from the one you're inheriting. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's like one tire fire was enough. We we need to start a second we tire fire. We need to start more tire
1: fires. <laughs> yeah. like, I all want, all four tires in the spare are on fire <laughs> for the Chicago Continental. What's, tire fire. We're
0: gonna buy another car and then set that on fire uh, because we can. Because the fire
2: is too small as yeah. is. Like I desperately want to give the new Chicago ownership the benefit of the doubt. Hey, you inherited a bad product and you're trying to do something better with it. And 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 let's be fair. Like I don't think the move to
0: Soldier Field, if it's if it's temporary, is a bad move. I think they need to be they need to be in downtown Chicago. Like yes. Bridgeview is. Is you know in terms of like a soccer facility, it's okay, but it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, and it's and it's compared to, you know, I never, I never, I've never actually watched a match in Soldier Field, so who I mean, who knows, right? But Chicago, that, that team, I think, needs to be closer to downtown. They don't to necessarily be in downtown, but they need to be closer to the downtown area. And I actually would prefer them to be a little further south of downtown. Um, but they need to be Bridgeview. Like you can't, you can't, it's, you can't get to Bridgeview without a fucking car, and that is. A problem.
2: It's a a huge problem. So I spent the better part of eight years in Chicago and went to exactly zero Chicago Fire Games because you can't get there without a car. I mean, you're talking about a town that has University of Chicago, Northwestern, DePaul, Columbia College, downtown, numerous other smaller colleges and universities. You have the people there that are intrinsically Chicago sports fans and, and soccer fans. And they catered to literally none of them. Yeah, like if you have to stay out in Bridgeport, that's fine. Figure out a fucking shuttle system. Yeah, like well, I mean, they, they ten do, sponsor bars and take buses out there. But they, they, didn't they do they do that either. They
0: do they do that now. They have a, they have a few of those now. But it's like it's it's not it's nothing compared to what it should be. And if you if you're trying to if you're really, if you are trying to like tackle that audience, um, which you 100 should be. Obviously, we know that. Um, but yeah, so it's it. So the the move to soldier. It's this isn't necessarily about the move to Soldier Field, but it is about the the whole the the brand, re, the rebranding, and, and how sort of um, uh, tone deaf it was. Right, and that's well, what it's, you're. And it's then one just,
2: step backwards and one step, and or sorry, one step forward and two steps back. Right, yeah. The move to, to Soldier Field is hugely beneficial in terms of getting core Chicago citizens and fans down into the loop where they're used to going, Souther specifically, go to the game, that's great, and then all of a sudden they come out with this logo that looks like shit that, depending on who you believe, may look like a gang yeah, logo. Yeah, bro, it's a gang, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know enough to say whether that's true or not, but the fact that that perception exists uh, is problematic in and of itself. They just, the Chicago Fire, who are one of MLS's storied franchises, good, bad, or indifferent, <laughs> just cannot stop shooting themselves in the foot at this point their foot is gone they are shooting themselves at anywhere they can aim below the knee and this is in such contrast to louisville who has an unbelievably good usl product their brand team up to this point had been excellent they had strong season ticket holder support and then all of a sudden they make this big miss misstep they look like the, the sacramento kings which no one should ever look like unless it's the late 1990s and mike bibby is on the squad but instead of doubling down and saying we know better we're making a move for mls shut up we don't care about your support we only care about the future yada 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 they really do walk it back to mj's point and they do what you're supposed to do they put on a really good statement yeah they did. saying look we thought we were doing one thing and we didn't this is what we're trying to do you told us we didn't do it so we're pulling it back and we're going to do better and i really do want one of those scarves in the same way that i have an ebay alert set up for enron or arthur anderson merchandise because i love (laughs) defunct shit like that all right um
0: anything else you want to add on that mj
1: no no all I right. didn't realize that Dan spent so much time in Chicago yeah. and I'm really uh, happy for his input
0: there you go. All right so we're gonna take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk <laughs> some uh, yeah, EPL yeah. with these boys talking you about their new managers I guess the new manager of dude and I will to be who you like me too, but we both know I can't all right do we're back and we're gonna and discuss some um, EPL and mostly I'm going to clear out and look yeah, these two gentlemen. Uh, uh, they both got new managers this week uh, Let's see if they're going to get a new manager It's but a Christmas fucking miracle It's a Christmas miracle for both uh, Dan and MJ Let's um, what's, uh, what's start with Arsenal um, uh, Mikel Arteta uh, Pep's second uh, second in command can I, can I
1: just ask to go first on this one? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Be- because absolutely. Yeah, Car- absolutely
0: Carlo oh, Ancelotti to Everton Let's, let's start with Everton be-
1: Because I'm really excited about this Uh, I loved what he did with Napoli. They definitely overachieved with the roster that Napoli had. Um, Getting top two in Italy, uh, you know, challenging Juventus for that number one spot, getting to Champions League. Now, I'm not saying Everton's going to make Champions League, but as far as getting a lot out of a not very good roster, like... I think Carlo Ancelotti can do it. I was actually when I was just explaining this to somebody, what do you think about Carlo Ancelotti? So when I was young and dumb in the soccer world, I didn't know a lot about it. I I was not really a big fan of of him at Chelsea. And then I realized he wasn't the reason why I wasn't a big fan of Chelsea, you know, like but like I actually really like what he did with Napoli. Uh I think he has uh good tactics for those people that say that Everton doesn't need a tactics coach or you know, a soccer coach. They need a manager or a leader, you know, a, a charismatic person. Um, I disagree. I think they, yeah, those things are nice to have, but I think uh, having a good tactical basis and you know, bringing along good assistants. Um, I do hope they keep Duncan Ferguson involved. Um, he's obviously proven with this four-year, four-game stretch. Dunk,
0: Duncan disorderly. Yeah. The big dunk. Um, uh,
1: you know. Uh, Winning at Chelsea, drawing Man U, drawing Arsenal, you know...
0: So, the knock against Ancelotti is that he tends to lose the dressing room. Um, I mean, he was shit-canned by Napoli um, mere hours after
2: qualifying for the uh, knockout round of the Champions League. Um, To to be fair, he did that for defending his players. The Napoli hierarchy was shitting the bed as the Napoli hierarchy has done numerous times before. He he defended his players and got shit-canned for doing it. So, if, if he can't hold a dressing room that should actually be a mark in his favor not a mark in his detriment that's fair and i will
0: say we'll say this mj he does he does know how to play against LA, uh, lfc he does know how to play against liverpool so you might have a puncher's chance of of getting uh, at least a draw in the merseyside derby <laughs> uh, sometime in the next uh, or, or maybe even winning a game uh, oh, wouldn't in, that be in, nice? in the merseyside derby for once nice? in the in the next would, uh so ever, 10 for, years or so for
1: those that don't, don't don't watch anything outside of the top 10 we everton is 15th right now they were in the relegation zone they are out of the relegation so now thanks to to big duncan ferguson and uh i expect them to climb the table
0: all right um yeah they are currently sitting uh in 15th on 19 points uh uh only four clear of the relegation zone uh, in aston villa but but you know, they're also like only you're, you're on the upswing you're, you're
1: s- 7 points away from being 8th or something yep. like that
0: you're you're sitting on uh two draws and a win in your last three so good it on certainly you certainly
2: beats the run before that
0: it does um, Against worst
1: worse teams. Yeah.
0: So uh, the other big, uh, big man, and these guys, these two teams played each other on uh, Saturday morning to a very, very drab and boring as shit, nil-nil draw. So glad I swept through that. Yeah, uh, Arteta at Arsenal, uh, Pep's main man or you know second in command. everybody kind of thought he was going to be, he was being groomed to take over Man City. Um, he decided to go to Arsenal. What are your thoughts, Dan?
2: Yeah, Mikel Arteta was the player when he was a player or not a coach, that really taught me that I knew nothing about soccer.
0: Also played for Everton. He, he, he was, did also play he was, for he Everton. Was rumored, he was rumored in for the Everton job, although I think everybody kind of shot that down real real
2: fast. Real but. real fast. Mikel Arteta, I'll double back to the I know nothing about soccer. Uh, Mikel Arteta loves Arsenal in a way that players like Thierry Henry and Theo Walcott and some of the club legends really do. So that's always super fascinating to me is who loves the club above and beyond what they did there. Um, and he's definitely one of those guys. And that gives me hope in and of itself. Freddie Longberg, although was another one, who loved the club above and beyond it. And his results were not exactly the goal for the club. But Arteta is that sort of metronomic midfielder, that six that moves the ball incredibly effectively, that breaks down uh, counterattacks, that can see two passes ahead was the type of player he gets raved about. And when I mean, we saw it from a Minnesota United standpoint with Ozzy Alonso last year and Jan Grey, who was charged at the end of the season. Those midfielders are worth their weight in gold because they really dictate play. They prevent uh, other opposition breaks. They do really, really well, but none of that stuff shows up on the stat sheet other than maybe a hockey assist and the odd goal here and there. And so Arteta was... it
1: they get a takeaway...
2: Yeah, tackle take away. If you're yeah, if you're playing fantasy, um, but Arteta was the player that everyone raved about. Oh, he had such a great game. I'm looking at the stat sheet. I'm like, he didn't score, he didn't assist, and I'm super unclear what's going on here. So he was the player that really made me dig in and learn to love soccer the way I do today, and that alone makes me eager to see him at Arsenal. Uh, in baseball the general prevailing wisdom is that catchers make the best subsequent managers because they have to watch the game differently than everyone else does. And I feel like that's true of sixes as well. They have to know what the attack is going to look like because they have to know what passes to play and they have to know where the defense is set up because they have to know where their liabilities are behind them. And Arteta was that player. He was a a legend at Everton doing that. He was phenomenal at one of Arsenal's worst periods in its existence to date doing the exact same thing so he's certainly a player that gets it tactically Um, Pep has owned locker rooms at Barcelona and at Man City and and at Bayern Munich these are not easy dressing rooms to win over and so on the one hand Arteta studied under the best on the other he's never had to do it he has always had the man above him who can own a locker room who knows how to get the best out of absolute star players and look it's all good and well to live underneath that person but the first time you have to do it yourself it's very different Mm -hmm. I think the big thing with the Arteta hire is it's the exact opposite of the Unai Emery hire Emery was hired to not be Arsene Wenger but to bring Arsenal trophies to take some talent and turn it into something meaningful Get back into the Champions League, but never contend for trophies. Other than that, to me, Arteta is a 10-year hire. He is a manager that should be given, honestly, the rest of this year, consequence-free. If he loses every game, all right, at that point, maybe you sack him. But short of that, whether he makes Europe or not, you definitely give him the next two or three seasons. Let him get his people involved let him get his system in play let him try to win over a locker room that is in complete disarray but they hired him to be great over the next five to ten years and i hope they give him that long because if they sack him after another 18 months it's a waste of what is probably an incredibly talented
1: hire yeah you hear it here first guys (laughs) hashtag 10-year plan hashtag Um, 10-year plan
2: i can't believe i'm signing on to a 10-year plan when i wouldn't sign on to adrian heat's three-year plan well, it's it, almost like I'm more confident in Mikel Arteta's ability to do strategic planning yeah. than I am in Adrian Heath. So,
1: yeah, can I piggyback? On go ahead. What he said? Go ahead. Yeah. So you said number sixes make the best managers. I find that strikers often make some of the worst worst managers. And now Adrian Heath was an attacking midfielder. You know, he was a winger, attacking midfielder. He wasn't. He wasn't a striker. But they don't see a lot of the game from multiple perspectives. Uh, if Mikel Arteta can take half of his soccer IQ on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and convey that to Arsenal, I, I like Arsenal's chances. Yeah. It's a, it gives him a very
2: valid chance to succeed. I think the flip equation is Thierry Henry in Montreal. Uh, Thierry Henry, obviously a soccer god, uh, an unbelievably good player to watch no matter whose shirt he was wearing. Unless you're an Irish fan, in which case I can kind of <laughs> sign off on you being salty about that. Um, <coughs> super poor at Monaco, changed his tactics every time, didn't seem to have confidence in his own ability or his players. Which
0: is going to bode really well in Montreal with yeah. the, the Montreal meltdown. Yeah, um, super
2: well The best forthcoming. Thing, the best thing that Henri has going for him is that Piati's going to be healthy. And Piotti, sure. I am not... Let me go extremely explicitly clear on the record. I am not saying Piotti is in any way like Thierry Henry. However, individual ability vis-a-vis the average talent level of the rest of the league, Piotti has shown the ability to dribble past a bunch of people and score great goals, which that is sort of what Henry is known for. So if you get N'Biom putting in really good crosses, you get Piotti moving the ball really effectively. N'Biom's in Vancouver. Canada is all one place to me. Um,
0: so to to the Arteta so the other question I have um, and maybe I don't know if you guys know the answer to this does Pep have any uh, of his disciples coaching anywhere right now or is Miguel Arteta uh, Mikel Arteta the really the first one getting a, a high profile job? I mean we we talk in you know and obviously in the US sports we talk about coaching trees especially with like the NFL, right? Like Belichick the the Belichick coaching tree, which is like shit, and you, or you have like the uh, um, what's his nuts who coached the Niners for years, um, George Seifert. Uh, no, um, no the uh, Walsh, uh, the Bill Walsh coaching tree, which actually was was successful. You had like coaches like Mike Holmgren and, and guys like that who came up through their system, became offensive coordinators, and took other jobs. Um, I'm not sure if Pep has anybody um, who was is – was
1: Tata Martino in that coaching tree. Was Tata? Yeah, that's my question. Okay, I don't know. That's good, I don't know. I, yeah, so that's I, that's something. I feel to do. like as a uh, fair-weather Barcelona fan, I should know this, and I don't. Yeah. I do, I do not know this. So I mean,
0: you know, Pep's been coaching for a while now, but you know, obviously not super long. It's not like he's been coaching for thirty years. So he doesn't have he hasn't have a ton of assistants. And I think a lot of a lot of uh, of soccer coaches, you know, air football coaches, take their assistants with them to you know whatever job they go to the next time. So um, you know, maybe he hasn't. There hasn't been a lot of opportunities for other. But you'd imagine that. Uh, other teams be mining Pep and and his coaches for their managers. Um, I will
1: say this: if you go back a couple levels, if you go to the the Johan Cruyff coaching tree, mm-hmm. which I would put Frank Ricard and and Pep Guardiola in. Yep, that coaching tree is very very impressive. Yeah, yeah, but I'm
0: I'm saying is, does Pep have any yeah, yeah, does Pep is. have any people that just as as a as a point of reference. Um, the other, the other fun fact I wanted to point out: um, Jermaine Jones is working on his coaching certificate. Um, you talk about number sixes being uh, the best managers. Um, what He'd about a great J- Jermaine Jones to Minnesota United as manager? I'm certainly not saying no to that. Yeah, right. Uh, the other big thing that happened: um, obviously, uh, Lester um, sitting very comfortably in second place, not so comfortable anymore. They were smoked at the Etihad by Man City. Um, I just put this in here because. Uh, Leicester now has to travel, or they actually host uh, Liverpool um, on Boxing Day, which is in a uh, less than a week. Um, Yeah, and MJ, you had you had something in here. I don't want to say it.
1: So my question was: normally, you and your wife are kind of at odds in the Premier League. She is a Man City fan. Yep. Y- you are a Liverpool fan. Yes, they are butting heads. Usually, number one and number two these past few years. Yep. This this year, Leicester's kind of in that number two, maybe number three spot. Um, did you enjoy cheering for the same team, perchance?
0: I did not cheer. Uh, I was cheering for uh, a meteor, um, or uh, like two a draw. two draw a two two draw.
1: Oh oh, so you you couldn't just say oh yeah, Le- Leicester wins. That's I mean,
0: yes, Lester dropping points and uh, us uh, being at Christmas, ten points clear with a game in hand is fantastic. I love that. Um, but I also really fucking hate Man City. As okay. much as I love my wife, I love my wife a, a ton. I fucking hate Man City. That, that's so I honest. really can't.
2: That's honest. Hate the sin, love the sin. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. That, I, I can't. It's, I, it's, if, it's, if that's not the clear illustration of it, I don't
0: know. If I can't know really bring myself. And I, you know, and yeah, you know, I, I don't want to. Tend, I'd be cocky, but honestly, like, i if Liverpool loses this, like, I don't know what I, w- I don't know what I'll do. I mean, you know, I'll just have to take that uh, uh fancy football trophy I won and just like stab myself in the heart with it or something. Um, or you know, find, head to the rope store. Um, so EPL other things, Boxing Day is coming up. Um, that is on uh, Thursday. Uh, I'm gonna be bartending at the black heart So if you are, if you want to get away from your relatives, you're in town. Um, we're gonna ha- start at 9 a.m. Um. Summit is, is giving every single person who shows up one free tall boy, EPA tall boy, uh, for just for showing up. Um, no other purchase necessary. You can hang out with me, watch soccer, we'll have all the games on um, from 9 a.m. all the way through the Liverpool-Leicester City game, um, which should be really, that's like, that's probably the best game of, of the day. I'm not going to be bartending for that game because I'm going to be getting drunk for that game. Um, but yeah, come visit me in the morning, uh, hang out, watch a watch a bunch of uh, uh, EPL soccer and uh, get a free tall boy um, while you're at it. We will almost certainly be here. By we, I mean me and my wife. Right you know. on. And then after the Liverpool game, we're gonna be showing uh, Christmas movies on the big screen. And then we're actually having we have the uh, uh, America Monterey um, first leg of the uh, Liga MX uh, final um, at eight o'clock on uh, the twenty sixth that, that night as well. So.
1: So do. Th- I don't pay that much attention to Liga MX. This, yeah. This is Clausura now. Clausura, yep. Yeah. And and is do they have a Clausura playoff that's separate from the league or?
0: Yeah, this is this is the playoff yeah, like so this, this is the final yeah, this is it's a two-legged final um, this hung is the first hung. leg yep um, so yeah so that's that come on down to the black heart uh, on Thursday the 26th and then I, sh- I threw this in there I want to get one crazy prediction from each of you guys for the second half of the EPL season I don't care what it is uh, maybe it's uh, you know Hungman song gets like four or more red cards
2: for like kicking people in the in the nads. Um, Tottenham has to play one match close for their extreme racist. Yeah, fans. yeah. So,
0: what is your what is your one crazy prediction uh, for the EPL season? I'm gonna I'm gonna start off and I'm gonna say Leicester City uh, drops out of uh, European places. I just don't think they can keep the blistering pace they've been on. Um, you know, and I'm gonna probably eat my words when they beat Liverpool on uh, on Thursday. Um, but I I I, I think. Leicester City drops out. I think Wolves, um, I think Wolves, uh, jumps into Champions League spot next year. That's my, that's my one crazy prediction. Is well,
2: it, is your dislike of Liverpool a, a, a Man City disbelief me. in, uh, or Leicester City? I love Liverpool. Sorry, what do you mean? My bad. Is your disbelief in, in Leicester City a disbelief in Brendan Rodgers because you watched him not be that good for Liverpool or is it <laughs> something with the talent in their squad? See,
0: here's the thing. I like Braj. Uh, I think Braj is actually a really good manager. Um, i think he's fucking weird and i think that grates on you after a while but like you guys remember like we were uh one uh steven Gerrard slip away from winning the fucking league uh his second year in charge of the team um and then he just got weird and i think i think he like hispanic his like sabbatical in scotland uh taking care of, of celtic for three years uh i think mellowed him out um where he won
2: three league trophies. Yeah, let's not call it a sabbatical like he like smoked I mean, weed on a beach and tried to oh, find it's, himself. It's, it's, it's Scottish soccer. Rangers it's were still football. rebuilding. Yeah. he I had mean, a, he, he could listen, goes through. Listen, it's, it's, it's true, listen, but this it, is still a listen. period of his professional career that he will reflect on with joy. Listen, it's
0: FIPA. It's it's not it's not actual soccer, right? It's it's Fitba. Um, <laughs> so. I think he. I think he was at, had some time to reflect. Uh, you know, I think really he like. There's been stories about him like that. He like when he was even coaching um, before he was even coaching uh, uh, whoever the fuck he was before um, he went to Liverpool. He has like he had aspirations of fucking Barcelona, like managing Barcelona. I think he got to Liverpool. I Thought that would be like the, the, the jumping off point. Um, he got a big fucking head and and just and made some really crazy weird decisions. I don't Have know you if you
1: long for Kenny Doglish.
0: Yeah, uh, envelopes of of. of players are going to disappoint him like that whole thing. I think he just, he needed, he needed a, a, a reckoning and Liverpool was that reckoning, reckoning. He went to a good side, won a bunch of stuff, obviously. Um, and uh, I think now he's come back. So I like, I like Braj. I just don't think that they can continue to play at the pace. That they, they played at, they won. So in that, uh, earlier this year, they had won eight games in a row. They didn't even win eight games in a row when they won the, the league three, four years ago or whatever the hell it was. Right. Like, Jamie Vardy's on this blistering pace of, and now he's like slowed down, but he's on this blistering pace of scoring goals. Um, they play a really attacking style of soccer that eventually you saw with Liverpool. Where's Where's you down eventually if you're not fully prepared to play it? And I don't think this team is fully prepared to play it. Um, they'll probably will. They'll probably beat Liverpool on Thursday. Or, yeah, on Thursday. But I still see them like getting gaining enough points to uh, to uh, to catch Liverpool. And, I, and honestly, I think Man City does have I mean they have Laporte coming back sometime in the new year Um, I really think Man City and Pep is really focused on Champions League and and we'll talk a little bit very briefly about Champions League and their draw Um, but yeah I just I don't think Leicester City has has it to uh, keep going and um, I mean Chelsea's uh, in fourth at 32 points Sheffield United weirdly is in fifth at 28 points but I think Wolves is the team that I would be um, really really scared of if I was a uh, if I was a team chasing a you know Champions League or Europa League spot
1: my uh, crazy uh premier league prediction will be that uh norwich somehow somehow uh avoids relegation Escapes relegation, huh and 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 west ham gets down into the relegation zone and i don't know if they survive or not but they fire pellegrini before before the end of the year
0: see i thought i thought about putting west ham as getting relegated as my crazy prediction well, so we're on, we're a simpatico yeah
1: yeah i i i i love Pele- i love pellegrini but but I, he's not working out there. and It would be
0: hilarious seeing the Olympic Stadium uh, being played in uh, championship matches. <laughs> Dan, do you have anything? I know I put you on the spot kind of here.
2: I mean, I don't know how crazy it is, but I don't think Oligo and Shulshar last the season. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, today's result against Wolves. And and I agree with you. I think Wolves is a great team right now. I think there is. I think they're being underrated in the way that teams that have historically underperformed get underrated until the moment they start overperforming and then all of a sudden the sort of uh expectation levels readjust um but they beat the pants off united today they're an extremely opportunistic team that was Watford that wasn't even wolves that was Watford to beat that the Watford. Pants off. Sh- yeah that was cannot, that was the worst team in the league for the life of me <laughs> I cannot keep wolves and Watford straight and I would deeply like one of them to change their name yeah It doesn't matter, actually. Uh, I I think, I mean. Wolves Wolves is an opportunistic team. I think the talent on that team is really, really good. I think Watford has underperformed the first part of the season. They're going to get out of the relegation places. I've been a stand for uh, Dale Lefeu from the time he came back to the EPL from Barcelona, and I still am now. Um, He just needs sort of one or two pieces around him to make him a little bit more potent. But Manchester United just isn't cohesive. They have some really, really talented players. Jesse Lingard is, at any given moment, capable of producing a moment of brilliance, but he hasn't in something like the last 25 EPL matches. Uh, Not great. Um, I've certainly, uh, as an Arsenal fan, been well familiar with the players who do super well in Champions League matches and Europa League matches, and then all of a sudden can't play in the Champions League quarterfinals or the EPL. So it feels like they're, they're in position to consistently underperform and Look, this is a club that's used to success. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over for Jose, killed it, and then once the Sheen wore off, couldn't consistently put together results. I think that continues to be a problem, and I think before the end of the season, he loses his position. I don't know who they bring in, but I think they, whoever they choose to bring in, they're going to give the full summer window to make their, their personnel moves. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me that much. Would it surprise you? No. I think I think I don't think uh, OGS last
0: January honestly with the I mean they're losing to they're losing to the, the worst team in the league literally Watford fun fact Watford um, has uh, when this game kicked off they had as many points as they had goals scored they now have one more point than they have goals scored this year. They have 12 points. They've scored 11 goals.
2: And, look, I mean, they have not played super well. No. Uh, they drew Arsenal yeah. from 2-0 down I, because Arsenal sucks. Yeah, sucked. and I disagree with but you. They, there's there's a lot of talent on this team. I yeah. think I, I am – Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, call this a bold prediction. I don't know which of these is bolder, but Watford's not going to get relegated this year, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't going to finish the year with Manchester United. You, you, you both said that the teams the
0: – t- the two teams on 12 points right now, um, three points cl- – like three points below – the third relegation spot are going to, um, and six points below the non relegation spot are going to clear and, and not be relegated. So I think one of you is going to be right and one of you is going to be wrong. So let's, I agree with we, that. We'll be, stay tuned, stay tuned. To
2: listeners.
0: Um, all right. Um, all right, so one last thing before we uh, – we're going to save the Champions League and Europa and FA Cup and stuff for the next match. Um, I just want to talk very briefly about the Club World Cup final. Um, of course you do. I – fuck those divey fucks from Brazil. Um, I was really – so when when this when, uh, Flamengo won uh, and Liverpool won, I was really looking forward to this match because from everything that I've read and heard and people that I talked to, Flamengo is like basically like the Liverpool, like Liverpool man city of Brazil, right? They're uh, a high flying attacking team that will go at you. Um, And I was like, this is, that's great. That's perfect. Like, I would love to see like five goals, like, just go back and forth. Um, Unfortunately, that's not what happened. That's not the team that showed up. The team that showed up um, was cynical, uh, like, dove every single time a Liverpool player uh, breathed on them. Literally. All of the front line of, of uh, saw Firmino, and uh, uh, Mane all had yellow cards in this match. When's the? I don't think that's ever fucking happened. Ever fucking happened. Like, Liverpool, I think, had six yellow cards to the one yellow card from, from Flamenco. Uh, Rafinho is
1: a fucking twat. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just... If I can bring some non-biased... Please. Even though I didn't want Liverpool to win... I, I thought the ref did a pretty good job calling it both ways. I, All right. I, I, I thought
0: jerk the, off motion into the microphone. The, the, I'm gonna jerk were, there off there this. There were
1: microphone. dives. There were dives that that the ref said play on, on both cases. Or if not dives, players where Liverpool players got dispossessed and and fell down, and the ref said play on. I said yeah, that's a play on situation. And but. Uh, that uh, Gabriel Barbosa, their 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 striker, yeah. their number nine, who's really good. Who I he, he he is very good. Yeah, but man, is he a fucking diver? Yeah,
0: yes he is. So like,
1: um, he he was one of those guys you breathe on him and he falls down. Yeah, like type of guys. The uh,
0: there was a penalty uh, that was overturned via VAR uh, penalty and a yellow card overturned via VAR, um, which was absolutely bonkers. And I don't we unfortunately um, the uh, we were watching in uh, on Fox Deportes. So we like we were watching, we were listening with the Spanish announcers. Like we're right here at the bar. It's supposed to be on Fox, but they're, they're showing a fucking uh, college basketball game. In, in it was in Espanol. David. So I and I'm not I'm yes I speak it, but I don't speak it <laughs> well enough. So I can't I can't figure out what the fuck they like why the fuck they uh, overturned it was a penalty, and then like okay, well it clearly looked like maybe Mane wasn't in the box. Like he was very close to being in the box. Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't in the box, it should have been a fucking red card and a free kick. And they he the the referee overturned both penalty and the yellow card and gave a free kick to uh, Flamingo. It was bonkers. Um, anyways, long story short, Bobby fucking Firmino
1: scores in extra time. I mean, and after after that sitter that he was both offside for and completely missed the net. Yeah, in the first half, that I forget who the other two Liverpool worked so hard in passing and give goes to get him the ball on that weak side, and he's offside and even if he were on it was it, he went wide in yeah. the net so he, he's he ends up being the hero
0: yeah fun fact this is the uh, this the liverpool is the only english team ever to had, had hold at the same time the champions league the super cup and the uh, world uh, um, world cup club championship trophy club world cup yeah club world cup so yeah so um, interesting facts so that's uh, that's cool anyways um yeah we got one fucking question. Uh, it's actually two parts. I'm gonna ask each of you guys. So Hop Clouds asks us if each of you were magically transformed into a beer, which one would you be and why? And second question is, what is your favorite holiday tradition? So if you were magically transformed into a beer, and I you think you could pick a type of uh, beer, or I'll you, go, or go, you could be a very I, a very specific
1: beer if you want. Um, I, I would be a a black IPA because I feel like. I have enough annoying things about me that are kind of like the hops in, in an IPA, but then I balance it out with some maltiness. Okay. Smo- smooth it out a little bit. So that's my beer. Uh, does, do you guys want to talk about your beer or do you want me no, to No, let's do, let's do holiday tradition for you first. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so my favorite, for those that don't know me very well, like what Dave really liked about Col- Colorado away games was the weed. I really liked that I could pay. I like a soccer. Let, less Mostly less weed, th- less than ten dollars and get all you can eat at their at their tailgate. Oh, um, I really really love food. My family has a fairly unique tradition that we started when I was I want to say in elementary school of doing a uh, a clam Alfredo linguini for our Christmas Eve dinner. Okay, um, I usually get to make the salad for this, so I make the dressing from from scratch, slice the vegetables, etc. Um, sometimes I get to make an additional side dish. Um, depending on how much time and liberty my parents are willing to give me, uh, sometimes I make things a little too hipster or flavorful for them. Uh, but yeah, I really look forward to that that Christmas Eve uh, dinner. Uh, it's unique. It's delicious. Um, usually, I usually bring a bottle of wine. So yeah, all right.
2: Very solid. Very solid. I approve of all of these choices. Uh, beer wise, I'm probably an English barley wine, uh, which is to say obscure. Uh, not a well-liked style by most people, uh, but super high ABV and, and generally liked by people who have done a little bit digging and uh, have, found, have found great iterations of this style. Uh, basically, I'm an acquired taste, and yeah. I'm, I, I remain perpetually gobsmacked that anyone acquires it. <laughs> uh, Tradition-wise, um, I'm a big choir dork. Uh, Have been since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So, choir, uh, so Christmas for me is a lot of music. Uh, So, whether it's Messiah or we host a caroling party or pub caroling, or I spend most of December singing and I just fucking love it. I love Christmas music. Is John Rutter your hero?
1: Yeah, yeah, for real though. Okay. Uh,
2: (laughs) So, um,. Yeah, just the the ability to, to mess around and sing songs that I love and sing it in pretty much every voice part is really special to me, and that's that's a big holiday tradition for me.
0: All right, um, I would be uh, English Bitter. So you guys ever had Old Speckled Hen? Sure. Yeah, I'm like I've been like an Old Speckled Hen, so like an English Bitter. Um, I'm I'm very aggressive, uh, but if you uh, get to know and appreciate me you'll have a hangover you'll have a hangover and you'll but you'll really enjoy it right you're gonna have a good time um so yeah that would that would be that'd be me uh and a favorite holiday tradition um you know we're my family has for for the longest time actually when my grandmother was still alive we would go um we would go to Red Lobster for Christmas Eve dinner we had to go to church first which I always like I would go and like live tweet from church about baby jesus and all that fun stuff um but i really enjoyed that with like just the family we go out so no one has to cook no one has to like make anything which is fantastic um but you know we're you know as a new family with my wife and my and my now almost one year old um uh we're starting our own tradition. So like one of the traditions that we're actually going to start is uh we're going to for uh a christmas eve present everybody's going to get a book and then we're just gonna like turn off all of our devices. Maybe like li- leave Spotify on so we have music, but like sit down and like read at uh-huh. like Christmas Eve night after after we get back from uh, the family dinner and stuff. I think that is and it's like something like they do. In, I think uh, they do in Iceland and, and other Scandinavian a- a- countries. Loud or just silently? You no, know, silently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, by- we'll, probably have to, we'll probably have to read to our uh, not uh, not quite one year old son, but you know, uh, yeah.
1: Because if I can piggyback on that my my family recently started tradition uh, my mother came up with this idea of like either checking out from the library or finding online like christian poem Chris, uh, christmas poems or a holiday uh hi- history behind holiday carols oh, okay things. and so we each kind of go around and read something and it's kind of like an educational experience about the holidays as well yeah it sounds like a
2: passover seder yeah if well, you'd like the most depressing possible contribution to that Look up the history behind the hymn "It Is Well with My Soul." Oh yes, yes, <laughs> um, I know that history. Yeah, for those of you who don't uh, know, Philip in- Li- Bliss was it? Sounds about right. Uh, it involves multiple deaths of his family of his family at the same point in the Atlantic Ocean. Go look it up; it'll be yeah. edifying. It's uh, it.
1: uh, a not a Christmas tune, really, but yes,
0: really fun uh, end of this holiday podcast. <laughs> um, uh, you, okay, you guys if find you want us- an
1: equally depressing uh, holiday experience? Listen to the Kenny G Christmas album.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't don't disparage Kenny G on this podcast, my friend. Um, uh, you, can you can always I will You can always find Kenny. us. You can always find us at Dave's I at tdikmn on Twitter. You can find Dan at D Wade. MJ's at MJ Matt Sui. It's uh, M A T T S U uh, I. Me at Texas Zeller. Um, gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Happy holidays. Happy Joy- holidays. holidays. G- Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You, you and yours. Um, yeah, uh,
2: we are ben the Dave's You know. This. Because we both know
0: do nothing at all, oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 oh. Uh, we, uh, we do our thing, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become fleek, hun.
1: Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. Yeah, we, 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 do we do our things,
0: son. Someone paint a piece, someone spray with a machine gun. It's bad work to be done. We, we, we do our I things, know. son. Right. son. I can't, can't do
1: nothing at all. Yeah, I know we can't do nothing at all.